You know, you would think that as many times as I've sat in this first chair and had to do all of the things to prepare to do the show that we'd be ready. Yeah, that, oh, like I remember to press the one button that gets the music. There was just a second of silence or so as the music was starting that, you know, that was because I didn't press a button correctly or, you know, look over and, you know, check and make sure it was completely ready. One day the Sunday show will be as professional as the other six days. Yeah, I don't, I'm beginning to think not so much. <laughs> I like it better this way. Like, it's just, it's the Sunday show. It's a it little is. more casual yeah. and relaxed and, you know, it's not as... Uh, even professional, but also uh, I don't know, self-important. Okay, right? you know, like yeah. we're we're just it's Sunday, man. You know, we definitely don't talk about like the hard-hitting real news of the week. No, but I mean, we still want show. like peace and liberty and freedom and you know, non-violence and prosperity for everybody. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, but like at the same time, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna do Sundays different. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Captain's Log, star date 01222023. I am your host. What was I going to add? Oh, I forget. Oh, damn it. Good. No, come Good. On. No. Very professional, guys. No, no, no. Because no, Ian came a... in and he gave Captain something. I said, don't call him that. Yeah. Because he's going he totally to add that to the title. He totally remembers, too. He's no, I don't. I really me. don't. I don't. I was going to add, well, it's Start the... with an A. Mm, yeah, all right, whatever. Anyway, it's the Lord, Doctor, Reverend, Captain, Kickass, Buckshot, Esquire, if you will, in the first chair, bringing you the show. Joining me as co-hosts this evening, it's Nikki and Richie Rich. The name of the show is Free Talk Live. The phone number is six zero three two eight three six one six zero. What do the listeners need to do? Call in, or know. just listen. Preferably call in. So yeah, yeah. And, you know, thank you for listening, and thank you for calling yeah. in, of course. But, yeah, the phones are open. It's an open phone show. Free Talk Live is what it's called, and that's why we're here. Uh, we do try and bring you stuff, you know, opinions from the perspective of liberty, freedom, peace, you know, prosperity, that kind of stuff. But uh, we have a, a story that I want to get to, but Nikki has to take a field trip sort of uh, during this segment, and so... We're going to just tease that uh, we're going to talk about the Blonsky device a little later. The Blonsky device is... No, no, tease it, tease it. Cutting edge. Cutting edge, yeah. Is a spinning machine invented... Now he's just giving it away. To make muffins. Is that what you're doing? You're making muffins? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. No, we'll tell you more about the Blonsky device later in the show. And we pulled the story, right, and we go like, Nikki, we brought this one for you. And she goes, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, of course. Yes, of course. I, ironically enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were like, oh, I wonder, I bet you Nikki's never heard of this. Right. And she's like, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. And we're like, ah. Uh, and with the cutting edge technology, like, we've got to let her know. Is it cutting edge? I haven't read the article, so I don't know. You, I mean, you read it? we just said it's cutting edge. Okay. So it's, we're going to stick with that. Spinning edge. Spinning edge. <laughs> we'll get around to it a it's- couple of times. <laughs> Here at Free Talk Live, we love gravity. <laughs> See? <laughs> Uh, so once upon a time, I was handed a, uh, it was a piece of construction paper uh, cut into a circle, and it was labeled round as one word, and like sort of on the top, like top rockers, and then on the bottom it said T U I T, and it said, "Congratulations, this is a round to it." And so all of the things you've been putting off and saying that you'll get them done when you get a round to it, you can now officially accomplish because here. 
You've been handed a round, round to it. Oh, I yes. need one of those. We'll try and get you one. We'll yeah. see if we can order Thank them Thank you. Online I can really use it. Make one. Or I mean, it yeah. didn't seem all that difficult. Do we really need construction paper? Or is printer paper good enough? I think we could probably just draw a circle and label okay. it round to it, hand yeah, it to Nikki, and yeah. she'd have one. Here, would you like? Here, have a sheet of paper. It's Arts and Crafts Day here at Free Talk Live. Uh, Richie Rich will be doing the art and the craft. I will be doing the round to it. When he gets around to it, he'll be doing the round to it. Uh, meanwhile, back back in story. Can finally, land, do everything I'm putting off. This is great. Round, you got a round to it. She's got a round to it. Wow, it's not on me. But. Well, well, congratulations. I'm It'll getting, get around. I'm to getting it. around to it. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. Everyone. I think that might be the first round to it ever presented here on Free Talk Live. You know, so there you go. Uh, she's holding it up for those who historical are historical day here on Free Talk Live over at because uh, that's what watch.freetalklive.com yeah. block Nikki's face on camera right you too can get around to it <laughs> if you mail, uh, mail a self addressed stamped envelope to if you uh, just simply go to amps.freetalklive.com <laughs> oh, I think we could probably make sure that Richie Rich uh, photocopies this one you know several hundred times so that uh, if you are an amplifier. Uh, we can give you a round to it as well. You know what? If we do that, we're turning them into NFTs. <laughs> I, there's another joke in there somewhere. There's a better NFT. We will have the RT. we will we will have the round to it. You will get the NFT to the round to it here in the studio. Uh, okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. As they're awarded, we'll keep. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's good. I like that. You will have ownership of this round to it, but you will never possess it. Can you give it to somebody else? You, well, yeah, you can transfer the NFT. Yeah, okay. Well, there that's you go. that's the NFT scam, right? That's the money laundering in NFTs. They just oh. they sell the NFT, right? Yeah, right. And then hopefully they're not the one. Holding it's like the they bank. do with overpriced art. They're like, yes, I spent ten million dollars on this overpriced piece of art, and then they give it to another guy, and then he turns out and sells it for the ten million, and he gets the cash. And yeah, right. But then the guy who gets the art, like, what is it really worth? Well, I mean, it's just the vehicle used to transfer that amount of money again later. For art, yeah. yes. And that's what NFTs can be used for. But currently, NFTs is like, oh, we just sell it back and forth until the value's high enough. Then we'll pawn it off on this schmuck. Right. And he'll yeah. be the one somebody, stuck with like the Somebody NFTs. gets stuck holding the bag. Yeah, right. it's true. Yeah. It's true. And then they try to relate that to all of crypto, and then I get upset. That is kind of what happened with Dogecoin, though. Kind of. You know, meme they, coins. They, they pumped it up and then it's like, oh, everybody buy it. Same and thing then, with oh, Shiba. I'm going to sell it all. So I'm Shiba rich yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, if you, if you fell for that with Dogecoin, I don't feel as bad. Right. Because Dogecoin was a meme coin to begin with. What yeah. if somebody it was made meant money to on make it. fun? What if, what if like I saw what was going on and I threw some money at Doge and I ended up uh, on the plus side? Yeah, That's I, fine. Know, I know a lot of people that that yeah. happened to. I'm, I'm just saying, how do you feel about that? You're like, I feel like if you lost money in Doge, that's your. But how do you feel about somebody who made money in Doge? I'm also fine if you made money. Oh, yeah. So at one point in time, I I know a guy, right? And we were ta- we were ta- we were talking <laughs> you sound about like like a street thug. Now you're like, I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. And we we're talking about this Dogecoin thing, all right? And he goes like, No, no, no. Doge is totally viable as an investment. I go, How? He goes, Look at Doge right now. It was like point zero 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 three. Right. It was like if I put like ten thousand dollars into Doge, right, and it drops down to one, I've only lost like two thirds of my money. Right. And fine, whatever, no big deal. But if it goes up, if it doubles, yeah, 
right? And all of a sudden, like, you know, and he's like, you know, what I'm gonna do it right now. I'm, I'm putting in a buy order, like right now. I'm like, whoa, all right, fine. But when it when it was that low, there was no real big downside loss. It was only upside, right? So if you got in pre-pump and they pumped it over a dollar, yeah, right, from point zero 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 whatever to over a dollar, right, that was your overnight get rich quick scheme. If okay. you could pull it off. Okay, Nikki left, so we can talk about her for a while until she gets back if we want to, because she okay. she had to go on her field trip. What are, what are we going to talk about? I heard she makes bread. Oh, my God. She does, actually. Nikki's bread. Although, I was under the impression that she made it herself, but she tells me that it's actually Matt's sourdough starter. Okay. I mean, that, okay. Like, you know, yeah. So, Matt is a cook, or was a cook at some point yeah. in his in his life. And so, you know, he knows. And so I was under the impression that she made the bread and she gave me the bread. She did give me the bread, but I she mean, didn't make the bread. But if Matt just uses pretty the starter. Pretty sure Matt made the bread, too. Okay. So it's not just his starter. He's like, this is Matt's bread. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure he baked the bread as well. Okay. Because then later on, after I told her it was good and we had another show here, we're talking in between uh, the breaks, uh, she was like, uh, oh, yeah, I think Matt actually made that loaf. And I was like, oh, so it didn't even come from you. That would make sense. You know, but like I was under the impression that it did come from her. If I were Matt, I wouldn't have bought that mixer for Nikki. I would have bought that mixer for myself. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. right? You know, you know like, I, no, don't. it's a good mixer. Yeah. It's not Nikki good, but it's a good mixer. It's, yeah. Oh, she's back. So the Dogecoin, Dogecoin, I actually made money on because I got into it at a good time. And, you know, I didn't make that much, right? I don't know, 20 bucks or something, like, was my profit. Like, but, you know, because I was just dabbling, right? Right. I would do that whenever, like, a... Some kind of a coin or something would come out. Uh, I bought way too many of these ERC tokens Okay. Uh, when Ethereum was just, you know, sort of, and like every day there was a new token and I'd throw like $2 at it, $5, yeah. right? That kind of a thing. If you're throwing away money, fine. Hoping that one of the, you know, it'd be like the equivalent of a regular person at the convenience store buying a lottery ticket every day. Right. Right. That's I'm like, okay. okay I'm going to do this thing because it. I have better odds at making money than buying a lottery ticket, doing this with crypto or tokens or whatever and so i did that but like most of those erc tokens never made me any money right just like a lottery ticket most of them won't make you any money right but i did make money off doge and then another thing i made money off was was the the fio protocol okay Uh, this is something internal to the edge wallet and what it does is it allows you to have a vanity address to receive crypto so for example you can send me most of the, we'll call them the top 10 cryptos. I think I accept most of the top 10 cryptos in my Edge wallet. And if you wanted to pay me, you could just send cryptocurrency to kickass at Edge. Right. Instead of putting in the whole 1x25xz47byq. Instead of copying and pasting. Yeah. That's or scanning the QR hard. code or yeah. whatever. Mine's right? Nikki Sunshine, if anybody wants to send me crypto. Nikki Sunshine. At Edge. At Edge, at edge? Yeah. right, yeah. I haven't set one up yet. So the and like, pay for it. it. It actually came yeah, in handy whatever. tonight because I was trying to tip the waiter at dinner who happens to have a crypto wallet. And I said, hey, uh, I usually tip you in BCH, but I'd like to send you BTC tonight. Uh, can I send it to the same address? He's like, yep. I'm like, nice. sweet. Because I didn't know for sure it was an edge. Yeah. Like there are other services that provide these vanity addresses and such. So it's I just want to make easy, sure. Though. But yeah, it was perfect. I'm so like, oh, it, great. I mean, if that's how you're doing it, fine. But you got to, in my mind, I don't know if this is factually accurate right but dogecoin is like the third cryptocurrency ever right it's like bitcoin and then litecoin, litecoin. and then like, you know what let's just make fun of these other two doge, doge right right and then then all the other ones just kind of followed suit and they all suck for the most part but they're all you know in my opinion they're Except all for monero 
Okay, yeah, 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 okay. But even Monero doesn't keep up, right? Like, you if you're if you're looking for that's the- not true. I really like Dash too because Dash allows me to, like, I can transduce any crypto obviously into Dash or into any other crypto through a variety of ways through either exchanges or through wallets uh, connecting to exchanges or decentralized exchanges. Once you're in the digital domain, it's easy to transduce one crypto into another. Right. Uh, what I like about Dash is that Dash is the uh, the fastest and most complete uh, provider through the gift card uh, on ramps and off ramps. Okay. Uh, that is to say, like I can go to Home Depot, fill up my cart with a bunch of stuff that I need to like, you know, fix my house up and you know make it nice and that kind of thing and when it comes time to check out uh on the home depot computer screens the touch screens you just go gift card and yeah. it spits out a total it gives you a qr you go into your dash uh dash direct and you go home depot and you scan the thing and it bam it gives you the total if you have your dash wallet on the same device and uh, it'll actually open your dash wallet, go get the amount of funds, give you a couple of chances to confirm the amounts and that kind of a thing, and bam, 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 and it's done, and it's fast. It okay. is so fast. So I have use for Dash as well because it allows me to— As a spendable currency. As, it allows me yeah. to spend Dash using the gift card transducement technique okay. uh, at places like Home Depot and restaurants and other stores and stuff like that. And well, as we talked about at dinner, right, I will start spending my crypto— when places stop taking bad money. Yeah. So my problem with that is uh, I can't do that because I'm uh, I'm heavy on crypto. I'm light on USD. Okay. And so much so that occasionally I run out of USD. And I'm like, oh, got to get some USD somehow. So having the ability to spend my crypto just comes in handy because then okay. I don't necessarily have to go and sell some crypto to get some USD. I can just spend it. Yeah, and I'm the opposite. I have a normal job, pays right. me in USD. And occasionally I have to transduce that into crypto after I've paid my bills for the month. Right. Right. But all the other major spendings, right? It's like, take the bad money, please, because I'm, yeah, I, I don't want it. I want the goods that you have. Yeah. I, that's kind of like, how I feel, too. I'm, I'm like, I don't want this stuff. Just take it. I'm trying to only use USD when it's necessary. So we're on the same wavelength with, you know, the, the priority, right? So, but not no, everywhere. I will use USD for everything, uh, unnecessary things, even. Just to get, you know, because you have enough, you right. have a surplus of it, right. right? Whereas I don't, right? Right. So, uh, so at any rate, uh, now that Nikki's back from her field trip, was that mm-hmm. the only one you have to take? That's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. They uh, smell delicious, by the way. The yeah. muffins are out of the oven. There's Figure a joke. Out what that means, FBI. There's a there's the a, muffins are out of the oven. The, wink, wink. <laughs> There's a joke in there well, somewhere, honestly, too. Well, they're probably watching me through the window, so oh, and they, also they at, know exactly what I'm doing. And also over at watch.freetalklive.com, where oh, there's other people. Why is she doing well. cranberry walnut tonight? <laughs> We've been feeding her feeds in her news feed of raisin almonds. Yeah, we don't understand they why They know she's... I hate raisins. Did you hear that through the grapevine? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I put them on the windowsill and... That's no, a meta joke. You had to you had to know who the California raisins are. You had to know that there was a commercial where they did the song, heard it through the grapevine as oh, I the didn't California. Know that. Yeah, she's too young. Uh, oh. She she probably knew it vicariously. Might have find it on YouTube. Yeah, heard it through the grapevine. Well, I know that song, but uh, I, so I don't know where to start. Should we start with the one we teased? Yeah, well, we, we teased that it. we would. All right. Yeah. 
So this is. We should have a new feature with Dickie though, like the metal shirt of the week or something. Yeah, we have Megadeth. Megadeth, yes. Which I'd like to remind everybody is uh, spelled with only one A in the mega part, no A in the death part. I actually just realized. No wonder I can't torrent their albums. (laughs) Yeah. Although most of most search engines will be like, "Did you mean?" Yeah. (laughs) Megadeth. Just joking. Yeah. What were you saying? About your shirt? Something. No, I just said Built for Speed. I think that was the oh. last thing I was meaning to what, say. What uh, album is that shirt from? I don't know if Built for Speed is. I don't know that that's an album. I don't think so. I think it's. I don't think it's from an album. Oh. That's what I thought. But then I was like, maybe there's an album. Maybe it's I'm a missing. song. I. I don't think so. I used to know more about Megadeth than a human being should, but you know, then the '90s rolled around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, the Bronski device or the Blonsky. Blonsky. Right, the Blonsky device. Not blonde ski, not like a, you know, a Swiss lady in the Alps. <laughs> the blonde ski device. No, no. I mean, I'd, I'd take that too. This is from a site called, I don't even know what this is, globalwarming-arclean.blogspot.com. Global Where do you find That's this crap? Super random. Oh. Uh, <laughs> terraforming Terra. Hey, hey says, our expert already knew about it, sir. Oh, that's just a comment on what they try and post here. So it is. Okay, the Blonsky device. This is supposed to describe it for us. Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I just want to take a look at this picture real quick because, oh, I see. Okay. A, A spinning machine invented to fling babies out of pregnant people. Emphasis on the people, not women, people. Oh, okay. So I had to point Pregnant that out. people. Uh, this actually has not been attempted at all, not least because it is also obviously dangerous. Can it be made safe? Yes, it does address a very real problem in which most modern women are physically poorly suited for childbirth for lack of strength and effective biological design. My it, first thought is... Modern women are weak. So, and so ineffectively is, designed. So this is the thing. I have two points on this. So I think most of it is just modern medicine trying to be like, no, you can't have a baby normally. We have to, you know, do a major abdominal surgery on you or, you know, use all these drugs and stuff. But also I have, based on my research, out of all of the mammals on Earth, it is the most difficult for human, like the birth process for human beings is the most difficult due to brain size, head size versus pelvis. So for us to be so smart or whatever and be upright on two legs where most mammals are on four, that is... Yeah, but that that difference in difficulty can't be that big. I mean, I've seen Mm -hmm. farm families with, you know, 13 kids and that kind of thing. Like... So She's got childbearing so, hips. So the thing is, it's it's more difficult. So. so the the birth process is more painful, longer, and more difficult, which is true. But it's not impossible. Okay. You know, you can still naturally bear yeah. 13, 15 kids, and it's totally fine. So again, totally out of my element. But there's, there's I'm going to say speculation on the internet, because I've heard this argument before, right? That it's mostly the way that modern women give birth is like on their backs, yeah. feet up in the stirrups, yeah. and that is to make it easier for the doctors and attending physicians That's absolutely than correct. it is on the mother. And so, if you birth naturally, it becomes a much different process. So there was um, a king, I forget who it was, what, maybe like King Louis or something like that, 
But the whole that was first invented because he liked watching his women give birth. Oh, okay. So that's wow. how it started. The it patriarchy is, in action again. So yes. So that's where it came from. But it is so much more difficult because if you use your common sense, gravity. Yeah. You know, it's just easier to have a baby either squatting or kneeling on your hands and knees. Those are the if you leave a woman to her own devices, those are the positions she's most likely to get into naturally. Get down on all fours like other mammals. Yeah, it's not impossible to have a baby on your back. And sometimes that is the best position for certain women. But okay, so I just looked up record number of babies or births by one woman. And I came upon this article from therichest.com. Are you part of this? No, not me. No? Oh, okay. So you're not part of the richest? I, I wish I were, the 1%. I thought all riches were part of the richest. Okay. Okay. I'll he's take not it. a real rich. Okay. Oh, he's not a real rich? I guess not. Uh, you're not authentic rich? You're just rich That's E-rich? the word. Authentic. Authentic. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this article talks about TFR, total fertility rates, but uh, they have the top 10, apparently, okay. according Ooh. to this article. Uh, number of uh, babies by uh, women. Uh, number 10, Mary Jonas, 33 children. That's number 10? Number 10 is 33 <laughs> wow. children. Yeah. In the 1800s, there lived in Fourgate Street, England, a furniture dealer by the name Mary Jonas. She died in 1899 at the age of 85. She was laid to rest with her husband. John Jonas, their gravestone, contains an interesting claim. The engraving reads, John Jonas, who died 24th, February, 1992, age 78, also Mary Jonas, the beloved wife of the above, and mother of 33 children who died December 4th, 1895, age 85. Wow. Number nine, Mrs. Harrison, 35 children. So, you know, a couple more. All right. A couple more. Imagine having 35 kids. No. That just sounds like it sucks. <laughs> I can't. I can't like, imagine having like one. So be like, nicer to your school teachers. Like I know, I know of. Uh, they didn't have to birth them though. Oh, yeah, I, I know of a couple that, you know, they were trying to have three or four, right? And so they would, you know, get pregnant, have the baby, and try and get pregnant as soon as possible. No, bad idea. After that, the, and that's what they did. Irish though. twins no, or no, something. No. Whatever that's. Is, oh. it Irish? is that the term? 603-283-6160. Have you had a record number of babies? Do you know somebody who has more than thirty-five? Give us a call. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Yes, we are back. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number, if you'd like to inscribe it on a tablet of stone, tattoo it on your firstborn's forehead, grab a crayon, jot it down on the door of your fridge, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's me, Captain. It's Nikki. And Rich Rich. We, st- we started to talk about, was it the, the Blonsky device? The Blonsky device. And we never really even got to talking about it because it led us to wonder about what the record number of babies uh, born to, to one person were. We and- call her a woman. Like and, when they had this many babies, they were probably women birthing them. 
Okay, okay. Uh, I'm fine with that. All right. Uh, it's my preferred. I don't like calling them people who birth, birthing okay. people. It just didn't sound right. Yeah, these were probably women. And so we got through, uh, this is the top 10 list. Number 10, Mary Jonas with 33 children. Number 9 is Mrs. Harrison with 35 children. Number 8 is Elizabeth Greenhill with 39 children. Let's see if it says... What year? In the 1600s. I was about to say, she sounds like a pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> Alice Hooks, uh, North Wales, with 41 children. Uh, number six is Elizabeth Mott, with 42 children. They're all Catholic. Guinness Book of Records lists the British record holder for the highest number of children to be a certain Elizabeth Mott. Elizabeth and John Mott of Monks Kirby in northeastern Warwickshire were married in 1676 and were reported to have produced 42 live-born children. How is that even possible? How are they the Guinness record holder like, not number one? Well, because Guinness doesn't necessarily know everything, mm-hmm. right? No, that's the the whole purpose of Guinness is that they, they're the record. Guinness can be wrong. Uh, number five, Madalena Granada, 52 children. Like You think you would just die before it got to that point, right? You, I, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming these uh, ladies started young, you know, in their oh, teens, yeah. whatever, right? You know, because uh, the more resilient you get, you know, more elastic as a person when you're younger than as you get older. And you would assume, you know, it wasn't like 52 in like two years, right? It's, it had to be over a course of a decade or two or whatever, right? Uh, in Nocera, Italy, uh, that's where Madalena Granada is from. A woman known as her was reported to have given birth to a total of 52 children. It's a Roman Catholic, even. Uh, The occurrence was recorded by Zapel's Zapel's correspondent to a Paris journal, where the following was written about two or three stations beyond Pompeii in the city of Nocera lives Madalena Granada, a 47, aged 47, who was married at 28, wow, and has given birth to 52 living and dead children, 49 of them being male. What? Wow. Imagine having 49 sons. Oh, my Dr. goodness. Giving Genghis Khan a run for his oh, money. Oh, wow. Holy crap. I almost uh, had to dump myself. Doctor, th- there's a sentence here after this that says, Dr. De Sanctus of Nocera states that she had triplets 15 <gasps> times. Nice. It'd be 45 wow. of her 52 children. Well, if you're going to have 52 kids, you don't want to have them one at a time. That's just yeah, inefficient. That's so she's liter- she's just having litters of yeah. children. <laughs> Liter- literally. <laughs> literally. Literally litters of children. Uh, we'll get back to these top uh, 10 ladies who've given birth to the record number of children. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Hey, this is Minor Ache. Who? Minor Ache. Minor Ache? As opposed major to major pain. pain. I am a minor ache. Minor ache. All right. What's on your mind? Well, I've, I've had a problem recently. Anytime I try to get on your website, the, the freetalklive.com, yeah. um, it, it, I just can't get on. It's, uh, I'm going through my, my cell phone device, and uh, it, it just doesn't happen. It, like, I, I just get it, it's some sort of like blocking thing. Weird. Uh, do, do you guys know anything about that, or is it like maybe my phone, or it, it could be? I, I have no idea because I'm able to browse to it on both my 
device as well as other computers. I've been to the site recently, actually, on my personal phone as well as uh, my personal computer, computer here at the studio, and computer at somebody else's house. So I would also say live tech support is not compelling radio. That's a fact. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, sorry about that, guys. Hey, no worry. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up while you're on the air? Um. Uh... Uh, not, not Sounds like a no. All right. Thanks I for the call, man. More... Send an email. We'll look into it. Like, I mean. Run your spell checker. Yeah. Type it correctly. Yeah. Ian at freetalklive.com. Tech support for Free Talk Live. Tell them uh, what your browser version is and uh, what your OS is, if you know any of that information. Yeah. That's oh. definitely not one to send to Mark. Yeah. Take a screenshot <laughs> of whatever your pro- Yeah, don't send it to Mark. <laughs> Mark will just send it to Ian. If he's like, Ian, what the hell is this? <laughs> then Captain gets a phone call. Stop giving my email out on <laughs> right, the, yeah. for tech support questions. Uh, all right. So number five in these top ten uh, ladies who've given birth to record numbers of children was Madalena Granada. Number four, Barbara Stratzman with 53 children. Living from 1448 to 1503, during the time of the Holy Roman Empire, Barbara Stratzman of Bonningheim, today known as Germany, was reported to have borne 53 children, although none of them survived infancy. Oh, that's none unfortunate. None of them? More specifically, Barbara and her husband, Adam, were said to have had one set of septuplets, one set of sextuplets, four sets of triplets, five sets of twins, and 18 single births and, and a partridge died? in a pear tree. Of these children, 19 were supposedly stillborn, and by 1498, <gasps> the eldest surviving child was eight years old. You think they well, would... Oh, wait, hold on. They I just said none of them I... survived infancy. You know, eight years old is not an infant anymore. No, it sure isn't. All right. Who Carry wrote on. this article? Yeah. Anyways, worse, that's Worse than that my source. 19 stillborns? I would, that's, you yeah, know, I, I would... Stop having children right there. That is so traumatic. Right there? You wait till 19? You know, (laughs) (laughs) but I think back then, most people were kind of used to that. A lot of children, you know, it was very common. Stillbirths were very common. Um, Children dying during infancy due to illness and lack of sanitation. And so you're young. You're only 22. You got plenty of life ahead of you. There was a painting done that portrayed Barbara and Adam with their 53 children in a stable at Bethlehem. <laughs> However, in 1990, the chief physician of the Heilbronn Municipal Women's Clinic contradicted the story by pointing out that the multiple births Barbara was said to have had were statistically improbable and that a woman in that period would have been unlikely to survive the multiple pregnancies due to the state of medicine at that time. Like, well, that, And that's what I was saying earlier. How do you survive having this many children, especially in the 1500s? Like in the... I'm trying to think about it now because... Um, uh, I don't remember the year. Let me see if I can find it uh there was a set of quintuplets that was born i think in canada yeah the dion quintuplets uh in the 30s okay uh and so like i mean this type of thing isn't unknown right you know quintuplets triplets uh it is i believe a fact that if you've given birth to twins or triplets once, yeah, that you are more, more likely. likely to give mm-hmm. birth to twins or triplets or whatever mm-hmm. again. So, 
you got to think that back in the day, nobody was, you know, rapping that rascal. Nope. There was no, you know, contraception as we know it today. Sheepskin was so uncomfortable. And, and so, Ugh. you know, they... It's so gross. <laughs> at any rate, uh, moving right along. Uh, what was I? We were talking about the top five. Yeah, here we go. Number three, Leontina Albina, 55 children. The 1988 version of the Guinness Book of Records reports the world's most prolific mother at that time was San Antonio, Chile's Leonida Albina, wife of Gerardo Albina, uh, born 1925, uh, were married in Argentina in 1943 before coming to Chile. His wife had born five sets of triplets who all happened to be boys. Wow. Nice. Can you imagine giving birth to triplets five times? No, Lucky guy. Five I can't even times. imagine that once. Um, well, they're all going to be small. I've seen footage of sometimes. I've seen footage of triplets being born, and it's you know, I mean, it's kind of a a gory thing to watch, like a baby being born, yeah. and then you know, oh, here comes another one, right? You know, oh, yeah. wait, she's not done yet. You know, here comes well, a third. And, and back then, I mean, they didn't have ultrasounds. Yep. You, it's right. literally a surprise. Yeah. You don't know how many babies are coming out. Yeah, unless the doctor could hear like three separate heartbeats late in the term or but whatever. But they don't yeah. really listen. They didn't really even have that technology. It was just a surprise. Yep. Here comes surprise. labor. Like, oh, there's more than one. <laughs> how are they kicking me in three different ribs at the same time? Yeah. That's how you know. Uh, the couple had more children until 1981 when 55-year-old... Leontina was recorded to have given birth to her 55th child. So age 55, given birth to your 55th child. Once a year. Oh, that must be lucky. It's the golden child, right? It's like your golden birthday. Yeah. Uh, There were unverified reports that the couple had nine more children after that, which may have upped their total to as many as 64 children. How are any of these earlier reports being verified? Yeah, I don't like back know. in the 1600s. The, but it was Guinness, so you know, you figured out. Well, you just said they're a bunch of liars. So, well, I said they could be oh, wrong. Okay. I didn't say All they're right. a bunch of liars. I said it's possible for Guinness to be wrong. <laughs> uh, number two, the wife of Yakov Krilov, fifty-seven children. Wow. Uh, in 1775, Yakov Krilov from the village of Vevdensky in Russia was presented to the Queen's Court in recognition of his fatherhood achievements with the peasant. I want a medal yeah, for that. Okay, also, forget the mother. Oh, this guy, his fatherhood achievements. Good job. What about the chick that just had like Patriarchy. 60 kids? <laughs> yeah, don't you know how the world works, Dickie? Yeah. I mean, you act like there's, you know, more than two genders or something. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are funny. Uh, with peasant, with the peasant farmer were some of the 15 children born to his second wife and all 57 of the children he had with his first wife. The first wife, whose name was not recorded, had given birth to her 57 children in a total of 21 births. Her name wasn't even recorded. Yeah. Mrs. Yakov Krilov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her name wasn't important, right? <laughs> Yakov Krilov gets the plaque and misses. And, and misses. Uh, she gave birth to her 57 children in a total of 21 births, four sets of quadruplets, seven sets of triplets, and 10 sets of twins, 
Unfortunately, the certainty that Kurlov's wife had truly born 57 children cannot be unquestionably verified, thus giving rise to doubts of the veracity of the claim. It's just Russian propaganda. Number one, the first wife of Fyodor Vasilev. 69 children. Wow. 69. Now that has to be lucky. He sounds important the way you read it. The first wife of Fyodor Vasilev. Even that unnamed, right? His first wife. Yeah. Still on, yeah, right. Uh, this guy who lived from 1707 to 1782 was a peasant from Shuya, Russia. The name of his first wife has not been recorded, but according to the records of the monastery of Nikolsk, this woman gave birth to four sets of quadruplets, seven sets of triplets, and 16 sets of twins wow. in her 27 confinements at the monastery. That makes a total of 69 births by one woman, and according to records, only two of the children failed to survive their infancy. Wow. Nice. Good job, Mom. Adding to the extraordinary nature of this story, Vasilev married again, and with his new wife, had two sets of triplets and six sets of twins for a total of 18 more children in eight additional births. Wow. At least they were peasants, though. I don't think you could afford that many children on a lord's salary. Yeah. That gave the Russian 87 children wow. in all. Well, there are some uh, Egyptian kings and stuff that have 500 kids. I mean, at that point, you lose count, so they might be fabricating those numbers. But Doubts have been raised on the veracity of this claim. Nevertheless, Guinness World Records lists Val- uh, Vasilyev's wife with her 69 children to be the official record holder as the most prolific mother of all time. He hears reports about like a rival pharaoh up in his numbers. He just right. walks into the harem, handles some business. <laughs> he meets a lady. She becomes pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Twins, triplets, quadruplets, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. All right. I wonder if any of these women used the Blonsky device. No, because that's a new thing. Well, It's not a new oh. thing. I think it was like early 1900s. Okay. Right? I mean, most of those births happen in like the 15, 1600s. Right. All right. So back to the Blonsky device. Uh, This actually has not been attempted at all, not least because it is also obviously dangerous. Can it be made safe? Yet it does address a very real problem in which most modern women are physically poorly suited for childbirth for lack of strength and effective biological design. My first thought is that it could be seriously useful to speed up dilation itself, which takes far too long for most and exhausts most women. Just that avoids complications associated normally with the last phase. Certainly, the positioning suggested is superior and close to a birthing seat. They do have a, a diagram here that shows sort of a, you know, an elevated at an angle, sort of a, it kind of looks like a, a weight bench in the drawing, uh, but sat up at an angle. I mean, if, if gravity's the kicker and you want it to be safer... Right, like why not one of those, you know, you know the carnival rides where they take you up and they drop you really fast. Yeah. Oh. But on the way up, right, they pull you up really fast sometimes too, right? No, not the zipper, because the zipper spins. Oh. I'm just about like the Tower of Terror type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just the straight drop. Yep. Right. So but the again, they take you up really fast sometimes too. So if you like strap in a pregnant woman to that and take her up really fast, no, no, no. So gravity. The Gravitron, dude. No, that'll what, where pin. they spin? No, no, that no just but, but pins like the, the no, the, the wall actually moves up and down with the lack of gravity as it spins. It's like a centrifuge. Yeah, no, so, I've been on it. I used to run one. Okay. <laughs> okay. But so, I don't I don't see how that like the 
you'd have to put the lady upside down then. I mean, okay. We're trying to get the baby out, not well, push she's it back. Well, she's going to squeeze it out. I mean, we're just relying on nature. No, the ground pins you up against the wall. You can't even move. Okay, so there's this thing called Pitocin. It's a hormone, and women need to be relaxed and feel safe. Not upside down and being spun not around. Not upside down and on <laughs> in a gravitron. Somehow Where's we, Guinness? Somehow the first baby born in the gravitron. We've turned the Blonsky device into like some sort of like MacGyvered up gravitron from a carnival ride. Well, it basically is. Oh, man. There's one. There's it's, one at the, the local uh, theme park around here. That's like the Gravitron, but it lifts you and spins you like horizontally. Yeah. That's basically what this thing is. Yeah. Well, so. But that one, the way this thing is, it's like it's shooting the baby out, though. This yeah. thing to hold you in place pins you up against the wall. Yeah. So the uh, this write up continues. My take home here is that like all you'd this. You're strapped into the, the middle of the Gravitron when it spins, not pressed against the outer edge. Oh, yeah. Cent- you got to figure out the, the centrifugal versus centrifugal force. Well, that's the same word. No, centrifugal and centrifugal. That, it's the opposites. That's just the pronunciation of the same well, word differently. There's two different words. <laughs> then spell them. I don't. I'll look it up in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Has it been a minute? No, no. It's okay. been like ten seconds. But right. I, you, you saw me grab the modern rectangle. <laughs> The magic rectangle. Yeah. My take home here is that all this could be completely safe. This is from the the write-up here. Could be completely safe and beneficial right up to the point of birth and also highly time-effective, allowing close monitoring and continuous attendance. At the point of birth, the spinning can be ended and the birth can be properly attended. This could actually be a superior system for birthing and could prevent disasters caused by contemporary female muscle weaknesses. A lot less emergency cesareans. Or, uh, what's this word, Nikki? Epis- Episiotomies. Here. Episiotomies, thank you. Or forceps would be welcome. Obviously, a woman would be able to push using full strength as well. Here you go, Mr. Smarty Pants. Centrifugal. C-E-N-T-R-I-F-I-C-A-L. Centrifugal, as opposed to centri- centrifugal. C-E-N-T-R-I-F-U-G-A-L. Right, okay. It's the opposite forces. Opposite forces. Like yeah. yin and yang? Sure. Okay. Like one pushes outward and one pushes you inward. I, do I have to add Mr. Smarty Pants to authentic <laughs> yeah. Lord Dr. Reverend? The, the authentic Kick- Smarty Pants, Lord Reverend <laughs> Dr. Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass Buckshot Esquire, if, if you, you will. will. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so You're just saying the same word pronounced differently. Caused by contemporary female muscle weaknesses, a lot less emergency cesareans or... Uh, episiotomies thank you or forceps would be welcome obviously a woman would be able to push using full strength as well a simple basket rather than a net it's also (laughs) indicated as well for handling sudden releases does that happen in childbirth is there a sudden release you know yeah sometimes So, so that joke about like wearing the pitcher's glove and the mask is yeah like that would be the catcher the catcher, sorry, not pants. the pitcher. Yeah, so that's me. I'm the catcher. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it is like that. Wow. Straps on the Nike gloves with the sticky tack on there. The innuendo is strong in this particular yeah. episode. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I'm going to have Riley edit that out, right? <laughs> Just, like, to have that sample. I'm the catcher. <laughs> sorry, Nikki. Richie Rich is making fun of you. 
All right. Uh, a simple basket rather than a net is also indicated as well for handling sudden releases. Also, I like how they say that, like, we usually use a net. Yeah. No one uses a net. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use a simple basket? No. Oh. Just use your Wait, hands. There's it's no like a safety net? Person. Put the safety net underneath in case you bubble it. What about, no. yeah, no. I mean, don't you want, like, a padded, like, basket or something that, you know, could gently, like, I mean, mm. the baby is coming out covered in stuff that would arguably be I mean, slippery. slippery. If yeah. it falls on the floor, it falls on the floor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. And the Nikki's clientele goes to it's, this. Okay, well, listen, it's tethered. Hope your yoga's doing well. It's, it's tethered. It's tethered. To the, you know? It won't hit the floor. It'll just bungee back up. <laughs> Don't you know anything about the female anatomy, guys? Come on, guys. <laughs> Extreme umbilical bungee. <laughs> Only here on the Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. So yes, this can work with proper design and training and maybe the foundation of actual birthing clinics where it all lasts an hour or so. Uh, so let's see. A depiction of the Blonsky device, uh, which used centrifugal force or centrifugal force. Which one is it? I don't know. You have the spelling in front of you. Well, this one's fugal. Okay. So is that in or out? That would be out because okay. they're trying to spin it out. Okay, and yeah, the, that makes sense. And the uh, the gravitron is centrifugal because it presses you against. All right. Everyone knows that childbirth isn't easy, but what if pregnant patients could simply strap themselves to a table, spin at a high speed, and then propel the baby out? What could go wrong? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous. If you use a nice basket instead of a net, clearly this is the way to do it. It sounds ridiculous, but in the 1960s, a couple patented the Blonsky device, a machine that used centrifugal force to fling babies into the world. (laughs) And it's finally hit the public domain. The worst part about this is a woman is the one that designed this. Like, you think, oh, this has to be a man that is just, you know, being... A woman with a yeah, weak cervix. No. Definitely had to be yeah. some female input here. Or output, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. We're having too much fun, apparently. We're going to have to add some of these clips to the TikTok page. Yeah. There's more here, but I'm just... Who were the Blonskys? The idea for the Blonsky device came from a married couple. George Blonsky, a mining engineer... <laughs> and Charlotte Blonsky of New York. The Blonskys had no children of their own, perhaps Clearly. limiting. <laughs> or if they did, they you know spun them to death. <laughs> but they were frequent visitors of the Bronx Zoo. <laughs> and in the early 1960s, had a memorable encounter with an elephant that would give them a new idea for human childbirth. On that fateful day, George, what an witnessed, George witnessed a pregnant elephant nearing labor. Poor George. <laughs> and the elephant was spinning around. And I go, oh, this is definitely how we should do it. As as he watched, George hypothesized that spinning helped the elephant deliver its 250-pound baby. Six, I doubt it. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Free Talk Live. And we're back. And we're live. And we're free. And we talk. We do. 
What's the name of the show? Free Talk Live. What's the telephone number? 603-283-6160. What will we probably do right away? Go to phone call. Let's do that. We're going to go to your calls and thoughts. We have uh, Robert calling from, I believe, South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, uh, I was just thinking about how to propel a child out of a womb. Um, like the Blonsky device? Well, no, m- mine would be, I would use um, uh, horizontally polarized gravitons because that would be the best, the safest way to do it. Okay, I, I, so, I so you have to explain all three of those words. Right, so what, <laughs> well, I know, it, <laughs> I know it horizontally Okay, is, two right? of the three words. What is a graviton? Graviton is a... It's, it's very, very, very similar to a photon, but it's, it, it provides for gravity rather than for light or radio signals. Okay. And what was the third it's thing? It's massless. It's also massless, by the way. So, and, 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 and the photons are actually part of the glue that holds the nucleus of the atom together. So what was the other word that you needed? Uh, I don't remember. What did you say? You would use... Horizontally propelled graviton. So this is yep. microscopic? The photon, I mean, the, the gravitons can only travel at the speed of light. They can't travel any faster or any slower, otherwise they would cease to exist. So that they're, they're, and, and they're massless, which means that they can go through anything, and, then, and they, provide for, they would provide for gravity. But instead of gravity vertically or horizontally, I mean, yeah, horizontally, I mean, vertically, you you have it horizontal so that the, the the child would be propelled out of a mother state, let's say. Okay, so what type of a device would you need to construct to well, use these gravitons well, to really assist in childbirth? And what is this well, technology currently to, being used for? I wouldn't want to go into too many details about how you do it because the Chinese could be listening, and we certainly don't want them to get there. Okay, but let me ask you this. Is it something it. that... Yep. that Chinese won't take patented stuff. No, let me ask you this. Is it something that the Germans already do, and they do it better because they have the best engineers? Well, Germans have things that, that the rest of the world really doesn't know about, except the United States. They sell, it, they sell their technology to the United States because I talked to one of the engineers where they design a device that produces very, very short bursts a very, very high-powered magnetic radiation, and they use it for powering um, 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 those chips that go into deep space. Right. And, they, and once they get off the ground and go into deep space, they, they, they send a, a, a magnetic signal out there that's only for a fraction of a second, but it's very powerful. And they manufacture those in a city not far from Dresden, which is where I lived. And I taught the guy English, helped teach the guy English. Uh, I, I mean, help him practice his English. He already, just, just for practice, and that, that that's my, was my relationship to him. Mm-hmm. I hear the Germans are leading the way in coal-fired power plants for their electricity. Cutting-edge yeah, technology. Germany has the, has, has, the, has the best coal-fired power plants because already back in 1997, <laughs> I believe it was, when I worked at uh, uh, in Skopa by Halle, yeah. um, they had, a, they had a, a, a scrubber that would clean 95% of the pollution. So it's not a problem at all. All right, Tell that to Thunberg. So, we appreciate your call. Uh, gravitons to help try. I was just thinking, like, have you ever seen like uh, one of these uh, dough rolling devices? Like when you yeah. want to, you know, you get some dough and you put it through the thing to like like yeah. flatbread or whatever. Like, yeah. couldn't something like that help squeeze out babies? I mean, like the no. little tooth thing I have no. on the end of my toothpaste. Just, what about yeah, exactly. what about like uh, just put it right on her? What about like a giant set of hands? So like you put your hands inside this giant set of hands and you just sort of like like squeezing a well, tube of toothpaste. Kind of already does that. Can you? Those you, are the contractions. Yeah, but I mean, can you know give it some assist, right? You know. Yeah. 
Why not? I don't know. I'm just yeah. I don't but know anything. Also, apparently, I hate to break it to him, but Subaru and Porsche <laughs> are already using the horizontally opposed engine, so they kind of already took his idea. It's are they using the gravitrons though, or the gravitons? Sounds gravitons. pretty similar. Just hold up a black hole in front of the chick, and the baby will just. <laughs> but put a net in front of it so you catch it before it goes into the black hole. Can't you just get a Kirby vacuum cleaner up in there? Suck the little bastard out. They actually do out. have those that yeah. they use in the they hospital. Have, yeah, my, my the, sister's it's a, a conehead. They have baby suckers. Yeah, yeah. my my it's my younger vacuum. sister's a conehead because it would. Yeah, no, it's a real thing. And then they have to like wait for her head yeah, to like, it's like a suction reform. Cup. I, I, I was being completely no. farcical. Yeah, and nope. no, I'm not because it exists. You backed up into a real thing, parody man. Wow. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> That's what my grandpa always says. <laughs> Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. Something along those lines. Yep. One of my bosses used to say that. That's a pretty good saying. Uh, what were we Not talking if he's about? talking to you about it. Like, oh. you got no skills, kid. You just got lucky this one time. All right. Let's, uh, we talked about the Blonsky device, which is, you know, I guess, the thing. you know, spin a girl around and... You know, it helps her give birth somehow. I, I honestly, that's no, that's no. not. Nikki's work. still not convinced. Not what about convinced. one of those things they train the uh, astronauts in that, like, it's a Zero it's a big, but thing? it's a big circle thing, and they spin them around, they go oh, in all yeah. directions. And then no, they, I think it would just make it worse. Yeah, okay. It's like a recipe for fetal distress. Wow, Nikki got all serious for a second. Yeah, <laughs> trying uh, to make light of the situation. Like, nope, fetal distress is a real thing. It's bad. It's we, horrible. We previously on Free Talk Live had minor ache. Okay. What do you think about that? I don't even want to discuss that because that was tech support. I was asking our caller. Oh. Who's live? What? Minor ache or minor egg? What are you talking about? We had a caller who called himself Minor Ache. Oh. For those of our listeners who are just tuning in, the caller is known as Major Pain, and so that's why we bring up Minor Ache, the the opposite. Previous caller. Uh, previous caller, yeah. I guess, uh, what, you guys would be, what, arch nemeses? I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to butter me up. Butter. What's on your mind, it Major? Seems like they'd be on the same page, right? Well, you guys were just talking about vacuum induction of fetals, right? Yep. Something to that effect. So I would recommend the Electrolux because <laughs> it has so many attachments. You can paint your house, cut your hair. Um, yeah, but doesn't Kirby have that too? Damn thing might even drive nails. I don't remember. You're trying to sell like Kirby on the air? What? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> You're not twenty different gizmos. What are you talking about? No, no. Richie Rich asked me if I was trying to sell Kirby's. He on keeps the pitching air. Kirby stuff surreptitiously. Oh, yeah, well, Kirby was the first one. There was another one, too, that I think started with the H. Damn near a $2,000 vacuum. I don't know, but I had a Kirby vacuum that had a belt sander on it. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Badass gizmos that went on these super-duper vacuum cleaners. In fact, it was the only thing that worked on the vacuum cleaner. Like, the rest of it had broken. All the attachments were missing or otherwise broken or whatever. Uh, And it was older than dirt. But, like, you could plug it in and... And then plug this other deal into it, and you know, put a, a sanding belt on it, and it would. But what uh, is a belt sander worth? It will suck up the dust. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. For like fifty years, right? Yeah. Come on. If you can get the dust. I mean, that's actually genius. Yeah. 
So as you sand, it sucks up the dust? That's oh, yeah. Yeah. cutting edge. They got a... I, I, I have orbital so sanders okay. I prefer, and I got vibrating sanders. They do a lot slower work, but it's kinder on the grain, you know what I'm saying, if you want to do finished stuff. Right, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the orbital sanders will rip up some dust, except, you know, especially if you put a good hard sand, you know, digging bit on them. And they'll, they'll create some damn dust. Really helps and, get the baby uh, out. You might have an old uh, vacuum cleaner, an old, you know, t- little tiny cheap shop back that was probably 30 years old, but it had exactly the right so- size hose where it plugged right into the back of my gizmo. And uh, I, I really, I really like it when hose are the right size. Yeah. Yeah, but I got three years of sand and drywall out of like a sixty-five dollar buy sander, probably thirty-five dollars when I bought it. So what would you recommend for new sanders for a starter grit? Start for sanding what? I don't know. Just if if you're only going to buy one grit of sandpaper, like what would 80, you go with? 80, 80 or one twenty. Eighty eight or one twenty. All right. And, and if you want it to be pretty, go two twenty. All right. Depends on how rough a thing you're dealing with. Hog papers like sixty to eighty. Medium hard course is one twenty, and then you go. You know, two twenty, four forty, and whatnot. Good to know. Bigger the number, the fine, smaller the stones. Major, uh, I know you and have. It, I know you have at least one child. What's the uh, What's the maximum number of children uh, that you've ever witnessed one woman giving birth to? Not witnessed, but like you, you're aware of, like in your life. Like I have somebody in my family that gave birth to nine. I have. Well, I was a Catholic. I'm a cradle Catholic, so I know of a couple of at least a dozen. Okay, there you go. All right. What would you? What, did you hear the previous uh, segment where we talked about the record I heard number? A little bit of it. I got distracted and had to do some other stuff. But no, I, yeah. I mean partially. Sixty nine, dude. Sixty nine, dude. Was that a Mormon? Uh, Roman Catholic, we believe. Or what? Oh, I did it. Did, did it? Didn't I? Roman Catholic, I believe. Are the Mormons outbreeding the Catholics at this point? I, I think so. Well, the Catholics have some new technology that Mormons they're using. Are not yeah. No, no, don't get confused. Mormons not are Mormon not Catholic. Catholic, Roman Catholic. Oh, Roman Catholic. Mormon Catholic. Well, that, it's a new religion. Yeah. <laughs> You've just invented a new religion, Major. Mormon Catholics. Yes. No, no, no. All Catholics are still are alive, are Roman, ain't they? Well, it's like a different sect at this Not point. Not unless they live in Rome. I'm just giving you back your own stuff. Only only if they live in Rome would they be Roman. Yeah, you got the That's Boston right. Catholics down in Massachusetts. Roman, alive. They're Catholics, so they're Roman Catholics. Uh, well, no. I mean, if they're from, like Richie says, Boston. Boston. Boston, Boston Catholics. So, they packed the car on the corner. The word, it's like, Boston. Boston. Hey, hey, hey. You're missing the roaming part. Roaming over the tundra. On a horse, like I proceed. Roaming Roman Catholics, not Roman, Roman Catholics. Oh. Right. It's a the pun. Gypsies. They get charged every time their cell phone tower reorients to their phone. Roaming Catholics. Why do I got to steal your horse before you listen to me? Damn it. I'm sorry, what, Major? I wasn't listening to I, you. Why do I have to steal your horse before you slow down and listen to me? I don't own a horse. Just don't steal his thunder. Yeah. Or his horse named Thunder. Mm-hmm. Listen, Damn don't it. put the horse before the cart. No, my horse is named Lightning. It comes before the thunder. <laughs> Major, thanks ah. for the call. Have a great night. 
6160. We covered a lot of territory with that, that call. Was, we went yeah. everywhere from vacuum cleaners to sandpaper yeah. to horses. I think Lightning we, is the male horse, thunders the female horse. I figured horse. we'd let him go out on top, you know, rather than, you know, decline into something less entertaining. Yeah. Let's just, you know, stop while we're ahead. Oh, look yeah. at Captain. Uh, try, Taking I, Mark's professional advice. Hey, I'm trying to be a better host here. As right? soon as they yeah. make a joke, cut him off. Always Leave trying to, uh, always trying to uh, improve the show. All right. You know, uh, not always succeeding, but, you know, always trying. Always trying. That's the important part. You made a good effort. And it was, uh, yeah, E. E for effort. Even a blind squirrel gets a nut. Don't know why I'm talking like this all of a sudden. It's the Boston what accent. Is that? Is that, no, Boston, yeah, where you park your car around the corner. That's yeah. a little more Hampshire. <laughs> New Hampshire. It's it's like N apostrophe Hampshire. New Hampshire. Ooh. New Hampshire. Sha. Yeah, not even Shire, it's Sha. What are we going to call it when we actually secede? Mm. Wow. Got to a- change the name. Yeah. Old Hampshire. No, because that's just Hampshire in England. Fall back on that. Let's call it the Shire. Okay. Why not? I'll accept it. Right? Who's going to sue us for copyright? Mm. <laughs> uh, Lord What's of the that? Rings. Yeah, but they can't because oh, we're a different country. Okay. We don't. Right. We don't have copyright rules. Oh. Or like China. That's why you can't. That's why you can't mention it. And you can no longer mention your copyrightable ideas in in Namsha. <laughs> because of China. Because, because of China. Well, that's what Robert the Caller was yeah. worried about. Like Chinese, Chinese might be. We listening. can't give them any ideas. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with people? All right. Uh, so. Uh, are we done with the Blonsky? I think we are. I think so. Let's move on. I forget which one. We've spun that one into the ground. <laughs> which one of the writers actually tried to sh- sue the Shire for the Declaration of Independence or whatever? Like, Oh, I don't know. L. Neal. It's like one of those L. Neal guys, but I don't want to say his full name in case it's the wrong one. Uh, I don't know. Like he he wrote it like the, the Shire Declaration, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm signing the Shire Constitution was moderately improvised off of something that this author wrote. Oh, I see. And so he went, no, that's my copyrightable work. Even though I do am writing libertarian fiction, you cannot steal my declarations. It was a thing back in the day. I just don't remember the details. Well, since we've been talking about uh, women and having lots of children, let's talk about another story that involves lots of children. This from ladbible.com. What, what the hell is lad? What's the lad part of it? I Don't thought it was like a, like a boy. Oh, it's like boy's life or something? That's what I always I had a subscription of that. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, it wasn't even a Boy Scout. I was. Yeah. Okay. I got kicked out for smoking weed. Oh. Yeah. We were at a, doing a, the Boy Scout camp out kind of thing. Okay. And uh, the- uh, Scoutmaster. Uh, yeah, the Scoutmaster. Like, we we looked at the coast was clear. I almost Clearly said a bad not. word. We we you know and we're like okay let's let's spark it up right and so we're just in the tent we're sm- it's just me and this one other dude we're smoking this hand rolled joint poorly hand rolled joint and uh, I found this herb out in nature sir. no 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 we just hear this voice it's the scout man he's like uh, when your boys are done in there uh, you might as well go ahead and pack up camp because you're out of here wow because like apparently smoke escapes the tent yeah you know and like we didn't we didn't consider that we just were yeah i've been in enough tents that have been rained on and gotten wet on the inside so that's, know that it's not as that's really intense yeah this from ladbible.com parents regrettably or i'm sorry parents regret letting kids 
on Lord of the Flies show that saw 20 girls and boys left alone. What did they think was going to happen? <laughs> they read the book, right? <laughs> yeah. Have they done, like, didn't they read the book before allowing their children to go on? Or were Let's they just see if like, this book is really fiction. They were just like, little Billy's going to be on TV. Something about Lord of the Flies. I don't know what that is. Like, yeah. Uh, I did the book report and somehow I got it wrong because I only watched the movie. Uh, so this is from January 18th, uh, published by somebody named Emma Guinness. Whatever. Weird. Yeah. Guinness record from the last thing. Guinness now. I don't check the sources. I just look for entertaining content. If only I were drinking beer and could have a Guinness right now, that would make the oh, trifecta. be lovely. Instead, he went out for a coffee. I did. A group of parents have admitted that they regret letting their kids on a chaotic Lord of the Flies-esque reality show. Okay, first of all, letting your kids on a reality yeah. show, like, much less a Lord of the Flies-esque hey, reality hey, show. The economy's in the tank. Someone's got to make some money somehow, and it's like it's pimping out your reality kids. Reality TV pay. gives reality a bad freaking name, dude. It's, it maybe, really does. It really but does. it makes you famous. Also, I just want to say this Hashtag is probably- Andrew Tate. This is probably safer than letting your kids on Disney Channel. Or in or public schools. Yeah, or public schools. <laughs> yeah. But. Or church. Probably less likely to get uh, molested at public school than on Disney Channel. Uh, well, maybe I, I'm maybe. wrong. Depends I, what school you go to, I guess. I would put school. the risk equal in those okay. two. Just, you know. Well, okay. well I mean, I, Disney if, Channel, it's like a definite 99%. I'd say in public school, probably less likely that it's going to be teachers and staff. Whereas Disney Channel, it's more likely going to be the executives. Yeah. Okay. Like you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get molested by another Mouseketeer, but you might get molested by another student. So Minnie and Pluto, they're fine, but the other students might be, or the executives might be your. Yeah, that's mm. that's my general thought on it. Since I am opinionated on everything <laughs> you ask me. Well, I mean, that's what we do here at Free Talk Live is opine, right? Yes. At any rate, the premise of this reality TV show called Boys and Girls Alone, which is a horrible name, <laughs> because it just makes it sound like just a British TV. porn. Okay. Again, yeah. what did the parents expect? The premise of Boys and Girls Alone was a simple uh, group of 10 boys and girls that would be filmed in houses without adult supervision to see what happened. Maybe they just watched Home Alone. I'm like, well, if one kid can do it. Uh, have you want? There's a video sample here. Have you watched it? I have not. Oh, I, I, I won't play it because I usually screen these things for cussing and whatnot. So I just, I, I don't wanna, the yeah. the thumbnail of it was just you know chubby little kid looked like he was screaming his little head off. Not ooh. Apparently chaos erupted. You Who don't would say. have figured twenty kids on a in a house all alone? You know, yeah. The boys group totally trashed their house and split into two smaller groups. Living off junk food. They're despite forming gangs. Yes. Almost off, immediately. <laughs> living off junk food despite having a number of options. Wow. Surprise, surprise. Like, wait, does it say how old they are? It doesn't I say. I mean, I could have told them what would have happened. But they look like, They don't know how to cook. You're going to go for the easy stuff. They look stuff. fat. Well, and they look, uh, you know, maybe eight, six to eight, you know, ish in that range. Uh, they even made one member of the group, Michael, into a scapegoat and tied him to a chair. Oh my gosh. This What's, sounds like the, the uh, Stanford prison Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yes. Uh, it like does almost sound like immediately, that. all of the cops started beating the prisoners. 
The girls, meanwhile, were also chaotic, but they did try to come together and cook food, which compared to their male counterparts was comparatively civilized. Huh. Well, natural habitat. <laughs> Men are the hunters, right? <laughs> Women stay home, make the grub, right? You know, Sure. Uh, At that age, they already knew their place naturally. Did you not see my Facebook status? A man's place is in the kitchen cooking PB and J's yeah, no, on fresh sourdough. Uh, at some point, you need to go back and listen to the show when you were gone <laughs> earlier. Okay, I was actually planning on it, anyways. So I, I'm just saying. Okay. Since you brought up the the man, the loving, yeah, the okay. loving, the leavening of the loaves. No. The loathing, the yeah, the sourdough. The leavened bread. Yes, uh, it, it, it'll it'll all make sense later when you listen okay. to to the part that you missed. Can't <laughs> the, wait. The 2009 reality show, which spanned four episodes, also featured the children trying to complete tasks, which included managing money and organizing a three day camping trip. Look, adults <laughs> can hardly manage a three day camping say, trip, man. or money, <laughs> for that matter. Oh my gosh. For its finale, the two groups of children who were aged between 8 and 11 got to live together. That's Weren't they already living together? No, there was the boys' house and the girls' house. Oh, uh, so now they're co-ed, mingling. At 8 to 11, though. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. Not much compelling television. How that. many of them had triplets or quadruplets? Hopefully <laughs> none. <laughs> However, comma, over a decade on from the program, which was accused of child abuse and cruelty, their parents say they wish... They'd never allowed them to take part. What this, channel does this well, air yeah, on? I mean, no. I want to watch it. Yeah. Also, now the parents are like, oh, I wish I'd never let my kids do this now that there's a lawsuit and I might be making some more money. Right. Well, or now that their children are like really screwed up from having participated yeah. in this thing and they don't know, you know, and they like feel guilty and all that kind of crap. I mean, four episodes. How long yeah. did they actually film them? And how is it they only made four episodes? It seems like that could be at least a 10 episode, if not 20 episode show. I'd watch it. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Have you ever done anything Lord of the Flies esque? Give us a call. Not on crack, said Jack. Crack is whack. Well, said Whitney Houston. Okay. I'm rich. I don't do crack. (laughs) Where's the receipt? You might be rich, but are you wealthy? No, unfortunately not. Okay. Depends. How do you measure it? Rich in name only. Yeah. Is that way rich E rich so you can be rich twice in the same name? It's it's supposed to be somewhat of an affirmation at the same time. We've, We've talked about this. It just hasn't manifested yet. Or woman-affested. Yeah, whatever. I don't do that. <laughs> Anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Not since the incident. Yeah, too many of those. Uh, before we go on, I want to tell all of our listeners that Free Talk Live is asking you for a favor. As you perhaps know, Ian Freeman, this show's founder, was recently convicted of various victimless crimes. He's facing up to 20 years in prison. We can argue all day as to if the jury was mistaken, but that's not going to get us anywhere. What will be helpful is for you to write a letter 
to the Honorable Joseph LaPlante about Ian's character, how he helps the community, and why you think he deserves a light sentence. Also, saying things about yourself that give your opinion weight with the government workers would be helpful. Perhaps you've held office, maybe you've had a stellar career, or you've been a volunteer. That would be something to mention. Ian is a selfless guy that has always tried to do what he thinks is the right thing. It would be a tragedy if he had to spend any time in prison, particularly when there is no victim of anything he's been accused of. We need you to write these letters quickly, so please do not put it off. You can send your letter for Ian Freeman to 63 Emerald Street, number 610, Keene, New Hampshire, 03431. If you didn't get this address written down, that's okay. All the info that you need to send a letter is at letters.freetalklive.com. That's letters.freetalklive.com. If Ian has helped you in any way, if he's enriched your life, I know that uh, when we used to do our uh, nightcap gatherings that he was always helping people download and install cryptocurrency wallets. He would even give them a little bit of cryptocurrency to get them started, show them how to use it, how to do a transaction. And he never charged anybody for any of this. In fact, he lost money doing it by giving away cryptocurrency to these people. So uh, I know for a fact that uh, that is one of the many things uh, that he has done that I feel is a good and right thing in this world. Getting people hooked on cryptocurrency. I mean, it's better than state currency. That is true. So anyway, letters.freetalklive.com. As we discussed, Gresham's Law. Indeed. Uh, So we've been talking about this 2009 reality program that was only four episodes long, but it was sort of a Lord of the Flies-esque called uh what was it called Girl, like Ten boys girls and, and go boys in a house boys and girls alone oh, okay. was the name of the thing uh and so you know they trashed the house uh they did have to do a couple of things it turns out the girls did try to come together and cook food it doesn't say they were successful it says they did try to come together to cook food uh <laughs> for its finale the two groups of children uh, got to live together However, over a decade on from the program, which was accused of child abuse and cruelty, the parents say they wish they'd never allowed them to take part. At this point, it's worth noting that there were adult chaperones on set who were allowed to intervene if things got particularly out of the hand. Don't want little Billy stabbing little Susie with the scissors while you're trying to do arts and crafts. Well, and there would have to be, right? Because there needs to be a camera crew. Right. For it to be a reality show, I mean, you can hide cameras. Well, and just no, you have, can just like, yeah, mount them at various places yeah, in the I house, think... and, you know. Yeah, but the crew's not supposed to interfere with the no, with, yeah. right. Like I've seen enough nature; they don't get involved. Ruth Lewis, whose son Sam took part in a similar show in 2002, Cutting Edge's Boys Alone, said she struggles to even think about what happened. That show was awful. The mum said, "If I had my time again, I would say no." to allowing him on the show. It was just chaos and mayhem. Boys note, will be boys. Note, note the lack of anarchy. Okay. <laughs> the description, yes. I'm just saying, anarchy's. I'm taking it back, man. We're taking it back. not chaos and mayhem. Not chaos, not mayhem. Watching the new show, I did think, I can't believe I did that to my son. It was horrible watching it again. It's an awful lot for a child to go through at that age. Well, I mean, that's just then that makes parenting. you a dumb parent. Yeah, yeah. that's... Like, well, but like you, you don't know that through? up front. 
you don't know you're a dumb parent until you watch back the episode of Lord of the Flies you let your child participate in and go, oh, crap, that was really dumb. It, pro- it probably wasn't pitched as Lord of the Flies. It's like, let's just see what happens when we put 10 boys in a house. And no adults. There's going to be adult presence there. Only in a, a terrible situation are they going to intervene because we want to get a really good idea what these boys will do alone. Her opinion was also echoed by Sam, who told the mirror when he was 19 that he wished he'd never taken part. If someone asked me if I want to do it again, I'd definitely say no, he said. Any boy would say yes to an opportunity like that, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. I'd never missed my mom before, more before in my life. It was mayhem and became depressing as the house divided into two gangs and war broke out. So, okay. Like Nerf war? Like- so they did the show twice, and both times they ganged up into two gangs. Yeah, the place was trashed, and I'm ashamed to say that I even turned into a bit of a hooligan. So, like, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah you're eight years old. Yeah, and you just joined a gang, or formed one, even. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. you're the leader. We don't know. I just want to parallel that with most politics, right? It's always like two parties, two gangs duking huh, it out. Weird. It's as if it's one giant Lord of the Flies-esque show, reality show that we're, like all, that we're all participating in involuntarily. Biden's got the conch. He does have the conch. It's true. Doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> He's <laughs> sniffing it instead of blowing into it. Right? He, doesn't, he doesn't know what to do. Another participant in the 2002 incarnation of the show, Alex Lippman, said, while it sounded like a fun, uh, it sounded like fun at the time, it was everything but... It, it does so- sound like fun. It does sound like fun. If I was like eight. <laughs> yes. And your mom was like, hey, do you want to go be on a TV show where you and a bunch of kids just live in a house without any adults? I'd be yes. like, it's like an eight-year-old Hell stream yeah. come true. Getting yelled at yeah. by your parents all the time? I no. just eat junk food all day? And you're like, yeah. yeah. Like, yes. Living the dream. No bedtime. Get all the girls to make us food or whatever? Like, well, that was, that was the second show on different Oh, well, okay. But yeah. But either way. They, they would do it naturally because they learned their role quickly. Uh, it sounded like a really exciting prospect. Ten boys alone in the house with no rules, he says. I was psyched up for a fun time when I walked in. There was a massive banner above the stairs saying there were no rules and inflatable chairs full of sweets. Yes. Cool. The cupboards oh, were man. full of pot of noodles and water pistols. But soon I realized it was going to be horrible. We descended into hell. Can we, wow, so can this we do is this very at, dramatic. Can we do this at like... Pork fest with adults. Right. No rules. Unlimited. We, we could actually. <laughs> like, we just need a campsite and a big yeah. old tent. Yeah. And then a banner outside that says, "Entering this doorway, there are no rules." And then you walk in. You got well, we a got couple sweets of sweets and water pistols. Yeah, a ch- couple of chairs full of you know whatever Jolly Ranchers and M and M's or yeah, whatever. Some blow up furniture and like super soakers, right? Yes. You know. Definitely inflatable furniture because you're going to have the water all over the place. You don't want to. Inflatable other things if it's only dudes. Or either way, right? Sure. Why not? Uh, Yeah. So uh, that's actually the end of that particular article. But I would. How could you think this was a good idea in the first place? Because from an eight year old boy's perspective, this sounds awesome. Parents, though. I think there was money involved. 
Well, of yeah. course there was. Of course. They don't mention that in this particular article. And they I don't think the reason... mention how much did the, the parents receive by forcing their children into this laborious uh, work, which they, you know, had to be filmed, you know, all this kind of stuff and coached laborious up. Laborious and... work? Well, right. They're basically profiting off of pimping out their children. Yeah. Right. The kids didn't receive any pay. The parents did. Okay. Right, that's generally how these things work out, right? Because parents are legal yeah. guardians of the children. That's generally how child actors work too. Which is way worse than this, I think. I also think that the reason why you know ten years later they're all coming out against this is because now there might be a lawsuit involved, and they have to you know play it up to seem worse than it really was. Well, that's what I'm saying. If the money you know? wasn't involved, would they have been like, "Yeah, this is a great idea. Let's let little Billy in on this thing," yeah. or they were like. Well, you know, it's a TV show, and little Billy will be famous. Oh, we get like two two grand a day or whatever it is. I yeah. don't know how much they're getting, but you know, that, like I think money was a factor. And now that they've spent the money, they're like, "Yeah, I feel bad having done that to little Billy," and Billy yeah. feels bad too because he it, got into a fight with with the other gang, and you know, whatever. It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been a lot of money, right? Like, I don't know how much reality shows pay, but it's yeah. it's more of it's the, the influencer dilemma yeah. right like you get notoriety and then you can go do other things right and if you don't pull that off well then that's on you but we're giving you your chance this is your breakthrough opportunity little billy make a name for yourself god damn it billy if they're gonna separate into two gangs you lead one of them <laughs> you take that conch and you don't be afraid to right. smack him upside the head with it don't let anybody else <laughs> grab the conch you sleep with that thing oh my goodness i Conch goes to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom. This premise might make an interesting reality show with adults. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like, uh, what's the one where they put everybody in a house together? And the make it real, real world. Real world, yes. Something yeah. like that, except... Road rules, big brother. Do an actual Lord of the Fly. Put them on an island somewhere, like yeah. a small island. Like, I know there's... Naked island. and Afraid. Love Island. Oh, okay. Oh, right, yeah. Yep. Yep. Naked and Afraid was, was another one. Um... I don't watch any of these shows, by the way. Uh, I like when reality TV first came upon the. Te- I'm older than reality television. There was a day when it didn't exist, and then one day it existed and took over MTV. Jenny McCarthy <laughs> came yeah. along, and that's how MTV died. Yeah, with reality TV. Well, that's how I MTV will say was the resurrected. Osbournes, though. Yeah. Okay. I never watched. Except that Ozzy either. was really? faking yeah. it the whole time. Really. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the last episode, like, oh, can I, I just, stop playing this stupid thing now? I immediately okay, identified reality television as something to occupy the zombies. Okay, yeah, you know what I mean. And that's literally what it was. It's like, yeah, you you know, you get home from your busy day at work, you want your mind to be as numb as possible from the horrific day well, that you. Yeah just had and so you click on some it's reality escapism. tv it is escapism and it makes you feel better about yourself by laughing at the fate of others well and that's the thing so it i think in most reality tv is very dramatic there's always something happening i mean it's the same with the news yep. people like watching it because it makes them feel better about the drama and the turmoil within themselves right there was there was one on fox that i thought had a very interesting premise and it was it was supposed to be like a forever show called like Eden or something, right? That sounds familiar. Okay. Well, it's not Exit to Eden, the movie. That's completely no, 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 different. Like okay. It's a, a series. Well, it's it was just a show. I don't remember the name of it, but no. that's, what I, that's what I recall. Okay. But it was for every episode you're on, you get like a stipend of money. Mm-hmm. 
right? And then you can stay on the show as long as you want and continue to accrue this stipend. But the minute you want out off of the show, you got to give back half your money. Oh. So it's some, half, huh? Yeah. Mm. But then it didn't last. It only lasted like half a season or whatever. And then it was gone. I was like, oh, man. Like so that you, could, so you take all the money? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah, executive so. producers. I'm making an executive decision. Oh, this money is mine now. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, as a concept, right? Like how long till you get sick of being on a reality show? And then is it worth giving back half of what you've yeah. already earned? They're going to tax you. They're going to tax you to leave. I just want to go home. It'll be half. Pay up. Pay up. Uh, there was another, there was another funny dating one where it was, it was, um, like a whole bunch of dudes and the chick, right? And there was, uh, there the was, bachelor? no, there was, um, it was, uh, like a confederate. There was oh. a gay dude in the bunch. Oh, and what? if the, and if the gay dude won the competition, he got the money, right? Oh. Because she, he convinced her. That's kind of, I don't know if I like that. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> But but she she had to like filter out all these guys yeah, like which, see which one's which gay? ones the yeah oh man good times definitely good times I still just can't imagine if I had kids and you know somebody approached me with they wanted my kid to be on I'd be like no I'm sorry well okay they probably didn't approach you man they probably held auditions they went hey we're doing this thing make you know, two thousand pounds or dollar whatever right, whatever right, it was right. and they went little billy we yeah. need this money i just so you'd be real nice to that executive when we go in there like unless we're gonna be on tv unless the kid initiated it right if the kid was like hey dad i seen this ad in the whatever right online yeah, whatever, 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 whatever or something right yeah you know, I seen this ad and they're doing this TV show. They're having auditions. You could drive me to like if it was the kid's idea and the kid wanted to do the thing, I'd consider that. But I don't think that that's the case for these kids. Any of them, much less one of maybe one of them. Right. But yeah. certainly not all of them. And I think it's probably the case where this is parental exploitation of their children for financial gain. Sure. Typically is. Yeah. Not that people haven't been doing that since the dawn of man, right? I this mean, this is not would, a new concept. You would, yeah, you would have you children have to. Somebody needs to till the farm, right? You would have children to, you know, work the farm and you know all that. Can kind you of imagine thing, the so. farm you could run with fifty-eight kids? Yeah. Wouldn't have to f- hire a farmhand for nope ever. Yeah, yeah like ever, really. Yeah. And but, then you die, and they're fighting over who gets the farm. Employees with no pay. Yeah, yeah right. It's great. Well, Billy, got to get up at the butt crack of dawn and go milk some cows. Yeah. But mom, I don't want. I want to be on TV. Well, you know, <laughs> got to go bail some hay. There's this reality show coming up, and you could hear some extra cash for the farm. <laughs> Maybe that's how they buy the farm. No pun intended. Is by sending their kids onto a reality TV show, collecting the money, and then literally purchasing a farm. I mean, quick money, quick that's money like do. that, right? If you can get a quick money influx, like we talked earlier with the cryptocurrency, right? Yep. If you can, if you could turn a profit really quickly and get out with your investment, then you could use that money more productively for other things and build upon it. That is true. That is a fact. So we, we need we need some seed money for this other venture, and we're going to go make it by working. So if you had a billion dollars and you bought an island, basically, do you think that you would get harassed by 
the cops on the island you own? No, king of the island. King of the island. King of the island. What do you think? Oh, uh, probably would get harassed. If you had enough money to buy an island and then... How do you buy the island and not buy the police, though? Well, oh, So the police are already on the island or are the police the from the outside? This from sfgate.com. Billionaire Larry Ellison ticketed by Lanai Cop on Hawaii Island he owns. Hmm. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I think... I wouldn't have cops. Okay, if I owned an island, there would not be cops there. First of all, first of all, you would think it's his first mistake. The United States government owns Hawaii, so for this guy to be able to have bought an island, I think is not quite accurate. No, yeah, he's he owns ninety eight percent of the land. He he owns the property. But if he stops paying, the government comes in and takes it away. What's the tax rate on an island? Well, I don't know. So what I'm thinking is so. If I own property, so if I own a ranch in Texas, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, hundreds of acres, mm-hmm. there won't be necessarily cops patrolling the land. I wouldn't, th- I would think that they wouldn't be able no, to no. come on my property. This is private property. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to come on my property unless I gave them f- permission or if they were there for a reason. Yeah, well, so he was venturing out on the 2% he doesn't own? Possibly. Why would you even do that? You know, I mean, roads, you know, are built and other structures and that kind of thing on on islands. So, you know, maybe he owns the plots of land, but I'm certain that he doesn't own the yeah. the roads and, and that kind of thing. Well, if you, I mean, you're a billionaire. Build your own roads. Can't be build that your hard. own island. Well, that's a little bit more difficult. Out of plastic or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Not even a 98% ownership stake on a Hawaii island can get you out of getting ticketed for driving without a license. That's the lesson that ex-Silicon Valley tech billionaire Larry Ellison learned the hard way. I love that he doesn't have a license. It's his island. That's just awesome, though. I do, too. And in fact, no one really should need to have one. No. In my opinion. Shouldn't need to have anything. Well, food, water. Well... Okay, but okay. You, you don't need to have. I mean, you, you shouldn't, shouldn't be need, forced to have that. Yeah, you, you shouldn't don't want to. need to okay. pay a fee to the masters in order to in, engage in what should be a right, which is the right Understood. to travel. Yep. Uh, the lesson that he learned the hard way, according to a Tuesday report in Hawaii News Now, the Oracle co-founder, according to the Hawaii News Outlet, was driving his orange Chevy Corvette one October evening when he was stopped by a police officer. The interaction was filmed. By the officer's body camera. Did he try the, do you know who I am? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the reason I stopped you is you ran through the stop sign and you were kind of speeding there, the officer said. There's only two of us on this island. Just leave me alone. Ellison explained that he was trying to get home for dinner with my kids, but apologized. His kids, David and Megan, are both big-time Hollywood producers. The latter founded the indie production company Annapurna. Okay. Don't know why they felt the need to include that. He also allegedly did not have his driver's license on hand when the officer asked for documentation. Ellison was ticketed, but it's unclear what finer penalty he received as a result of the alleged traffic violations. Blowing a stop sign and driving without a license? A representative for Maui police did not immediately respond to a request. So, in Honolulu, at least, on a different island. Right, because you, you're the Hawaii man. Right. <laughs> You've been accused of being the budget Jason Momoa. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. But anywho, uh, my my fine for not driving with the license was only like a hundred bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, you know. But it wasn't fine driving without a license. You received a fine that you had to pay. Understood. 
But I'm saying in his case, yeah. like, we don't know how much this fine is. Oh, right, yeah. And it's yeah. it's not that much. You're here to tell us it's like 100 bucks. It was 100 On a different island in a just different jurisdiction, it was 100 bucks. I can't imagine it being significantly more right, yeah. Probably on the with, island that Within 100 bucks of yeah. the 100 bucks originally, yeah. Uh, Ellison hasn't quite earned the goodwill of his neighbors and lawmakers who reside on the island. Really? Kick I him off. I would have never guessed that. What with you pulling him over and giving him a ticket despite owning 98% of the land. Just buy the last 2% and kick off the politicians. That's probably the 2% he can't is the, oh, okay. the stuff that's owned by the All state right. that they won't sell. Build an army. <laughs> the Oracle army. <laughs> there you go. We patrol these streets now. Uh, his company, Lanai Resorts, gated public access to the island's only swimmable beach last year, violating Hawaii law in the process oh, wow. and eliciting a warning from Maui County. You know, you can't put a gate up on your property, sir. Yeah. But it's, but it's my yeah, property. Uh, you don't own the beach. We do, is what the state is saying to him. Yeah. Despite well, the fact that you purchased it and it falls within your property lines, according to, well, us, the state, right? You still don't own it. We do. You're really just renting it from us. For the long term. That is a weird thing. Like there there are neighborhoods on the island where it's like the nicest houses, right? Yeah. Different island. Right. And they're forced to like build a walkway to get to the beach. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 The beach is for everybody. You must allow us passage. Uh sometime or some communities, as we all know, have let the elite just, you know, run wild. Maui County Councilman Gabe Johnson, who lives on the island, told Hawaii News Now. He also did not immediately respond to a request or comment on this story. So, yeah, uh, apparently so rich he's not guy, being accountable to the people. Yeah, rich guy, uh, you know, is not getting along with the law enforcement. As uh, most people don't. Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering, in Hawaii, you know how a lot of the beaches here you have to pay to go on the beach? Is that not a thing in Hawaii? Um, there might be some private beaches, but generally, no. Okay. You just go That's to the cool. beach. I like that. Might be hard to find parking sometimes. Yeah, but beach might be crowded. But no, free access all the way around. If you had a male child and then you went to the beach, would you have a son on the beach? You would. Very good. And some fun on the beach. Sun and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? It, so Hawaii, Sam gets into some weird places. Yeah. Uh, whenever you see like uh, the the bikini girl, like the Sports Illustrated or whatever, the bikini girls on the beach or whatever, and they got sand like all over like their side or their thigh or whatever, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> that's just what you see. Because that's like, I mean, it's sandpaper e when you get like you know two bodies, one of them sandy and like yeah. you press together. Like, ah, talk to Major Payne about that grit or minor ache. Yeah, I don't want to talk about minor ache. It's it's a very gritty subject. It is. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. All of a sudden, you got sand in your mouth. <laughs> Coming up, we'll talk about a university banning a word and a raccoon who got rescued by a railroad worker for a bizarre reason. Free talk live. And we're back. Hour number three of Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition, is now underway. 
Congratulations. You've tuned into the right place. At Don't, the right time. At the right time. Don't touch that dial or podcast device or phone or whatever it is you're using. To touch the to volume dial, though. Crank it up. Turn it up. It's Freebird, man. It's Freedom Rock. I, I used to listen to this uh, syndicated radio program back in the early 80s called Metal Shop, the only show with teeth. And one of their slogans uh, as they would come back from breaks would be like, Metal Shop, if it's too loud, you're too old. (laughs) I love that. Shouldn't it be the opposite, though? Because old people are deaf, (laughs) right? Uh, old people are always telling the kids like, to, to uh, yeah, turn, turn it down. It, yeah. yeah, turn down that racket. That's not music. Nikki never got to experience turn Headbangers Ball. Oh yeah, what well, was that? she didn't miss out. Ricky Rackman is a giant douchebag. Okay. Anyway, right. so mm-hmm. you know, it was and, the metal show on MTV. Adam Adam videos. Curry was also a poser right. of potsy like proportions. He was all preppy and everything, and then like they gave him the Headbangers Ball and. Like Ricky Rackman to some extent too, right? As soon as they gave him the headbanger, all of a sudden, Ricky Rackman got like you know full sleeves like since last week of tattoos or whatever, right? You know he never had a tattoo in his life. He'd be wearing like pink shirts and you know uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, what are the the tan polos? Yeah, oh, polos, khakis. khakis, yeah, that kind of a thing. And then all of a sudden he's like leather and like you know spikes and tattoos and yep. bandanas and crap. It's what the Satan music does to you. Well, no, it's what the producers told him that he had to do to change yeah. his image in order to continue hosting the Headbangers Ball. Nope, it's like, the, metal, oh, no, the he, evil metal music. He did what his boss told him to do. What a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Didn't like that <laughs> what a sellout. <laughs> totally. What a sellout, man. He did what his boss told him to do. Uh, I have to say some things. I have to say. Same in to, the right order this time. No, oh. I have to uh, I have to say thank you to a couple of different people. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> other than the co-hosts here in the studio, which, by the way, who are you? I'm Nikki. And Rich Rich. And I'm the captain. The telephone number, if you want to join us, is 603-283-6160. We do have some callers on hold. We'll get to them in just a moment. But I want to say thank you to David Burns and Carlos. Both David Burns and Carlos are platinum-level amplifiers. That means they give a bunch of money to Free Talk Live every month because they like the show. They like the hosts, the co-hosts, the perspective that we bring of freedom, peace, prosperity on the radio. They want to see this radio program reach more listeners with our message of freedom. And so they have donated a bunch of money. Platinum level is no joke. We only ask for five bucks. If you want to you know, join Carlos and David Burns in becoming an amplifier, visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, and you can contribute as well. You do get some things or some little gifty perk kind of things. One of them is the Amp Only podcast, which is completely commercial free. Uh, so if you you know miss any of the episodes live or you just don't have the time to listen to them with the commercials in it, you can get it commercial free by becoming an amplifier. That's not why you should give. You should give because you like the perspective of freedom and wish to see that message spread, and you feel that the best use of your uh, dollar is to... Uh, contribute to amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, David Burns and Carlos. We appreciate you both. And if you like being recognized on the air, 
let Mark know at Mark at freetalklive.com. Can I just say, hey, Mark, I like being recognized on the air. I mean, you can, but they, they should send an email so Mark knows. They can't just call and be like, hey, we... Well, when Mark's on the air, sure. Okay. But how often is that? I mean, couldn't they call and just say, hey, tell Mark that I said... Well, sure. Could, yeah, just, okay. yeah. So making it a lot of work. I feel like... Mark at freetalklive.com. I feel like, I mean, I know for a fact the world has certainly gotten away from making phone calls. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, do yeah. that. Right? Like, it's it's an uncommon thing. Like, it used to be the first thing you would think of. Like, something would happen, you'd be like, I got to tell Dave. I'm yeah. going to call Dave. That yeah. doesn't happen now. You're like, I got to tell Dave. I got to log into my thing and blah, 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 and private message him and send, wait for him to reply and whatever. I mean, only if what you have to tell Dave, you don't want the FBI knowing about. Well, even you if you do, fire ne- off neither SMS. the phone yeah. nor the device are Drive to his house, safe, bang on the so. door, you know? Like, and I, I mean, that's we know, even worse than phone calls now. Like, we know for a fact that... Who's uh, that at the door? Yeah, better not show up here. We know for a fact federales are listening to this very program. Understood. So, uh, it has been confirmed by the federales themselves while attending uh, Ian's uh, trial. So, uh, at any rate, what were we talking about? We were moving on. We were moving on to your calls and thoughts. We have Bad Slave calling from New Hampshire. Wow. Thank you for taking my call. Wow. You're Um, welcome. (laughs) I wanted to uh, bring up, um, uh, oh, Croops. Should have wrote it down, um, bro. Should have wrote it down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I have two things. There's a, there's a. Do you remember the other one? Um, a, a You're making him nervous. It, that's true. Uh, Sorry, I won't make him nervous movie, anymore. Uh, 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 compliance or something like that. It's it's actually a, a documentary of um, you know the details of yes, kind of the nuts and bolts of how you know the different uh, state and local and people governments work in america and it's uh, a lot of information that uh i don't think uh you know it's, it's pretty That's obvious right. to me that uh, that people don't know these things very well do you and, think the uh, documentary would convince everybody to change their mind though because i feel like people well, are set in their ways you go like just check out this video man it'll explain everything maybe some people you, you know? think some people just honestly don't know some of this stuff and if All they right. open their eyes to yeah. it they might be open to it all right a lot of people that are, uh, you know, wondering how how do we get here? <laughs> and uh, it's um, uh, it just seems crazy. It's it's uh, done by this woman, um, uh, Christiane. Um, she's in Florida. She's she's a, a real what's liberty the, person. What's the name of it? Uh. uh Com, uh, compliance, compliance. Film. What year was it made? Twenty twelve. No, it's it's brand new. Oh, just came out. Uh, it's being film. released right now. I I just uh, pulled it up. October twenty twenty. No, so those both. I mean, there, there was also like the monopoly on violence, right? That was supposed to explain how government works and supposed to get people rallied around freedom yeah, and that, liberty. And that didn't work. Of course not. Not going to convince people that they want to be free. You just have to free them. 
like eight year olds in a house all by themselves. See what happens. <laughs> Lord of the flies. The the name of it is non compliant. Ah. ah, that's better. Go on. Isn't that Captain's song? Mm. Oh, we will not comply. Uh, so the name of that song is actually called "It's Time." It's time. Yeah. I haven't actually mentioned that I should start mentioning that every time I'm on this show that I am going to be releasing a three song EP of we'll call it heavy metal. Okay. It's not it's not really thrash metal. It has a little bit of thrash element to it, but it's it's more just like standard heavy metal. Uh, on guitar, Captain Kickass. Well, on everything on except bass, for Captain Kickass. Yeah, on vocals, <laughs> on backup vocals. On, it's it's truly the Captain Kickass solo project, except for well, the pork. Fa- yeah, I did. I did get some help on a couple of tracks. My friend All Steven right. uh, contributed drums. Uh, my friend Sean contributed drums on uh, one song each, and then I did the drums on the third song. And then my friend Chris did bass on the song called Words. Uh, and then also my friend Chris, my friend Brent, and my friend Steven all helped with backup vocals on words all right. as well. So I had some help, and I've given them credits, okay. of course. And, that and kind of the, the Porkfest chant. That's the best The part. Porkfest Liberty Chorus appears. So if you were at Porkfest and you participated in the Porkfest picture, uh, you'd notice that I was there with some recording equipment. Uh, and I had a couple people holding signs up that said, we will not comply. We engaged in a chant of we will not comply like a whole bunch of times i recorded all of that i molted it on top of itself which means i just made it sound like there were a whole bunch more of us uh, that were there to make it sound really big and then i put that at the end of the the very last track called it's time so it sort of uh, ends with the pork fest liberty chorus chanting we will not comply over and over again and sort of fades out from there so it's pretty cool. If you were at that, you're on this record. So I just want to yeah, let our listeners know. Uh, the official release date is July 4th of this year, but it will be avail- available at Porkfest and Forkfest. Uh, and I hope to have some other stuff to announce uh, about that later on as time goes on as we get closer to that date. But that's the plan currently. I so, hope that chant gets as famous as Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, maybe. Good work, Captain. Good work. Hey, thanks. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Bad Slave. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. I, I I remembered what I was thinking about was a guy on his own island, you know, in his car or whatever. Yes, yeah, well, that you know, there is yes, still a a retained right to travel. What what they call driving is a commercial activity. Yeah, I mean, you you must know some of this stuff. But uh, you know, uh, uh, Jay Noon is that uh, does not use a driver's license, and uh, if uh, if Ellis Ellison was um, you know properly prepared, I think he could have talked to. I don't think Ellison cares because he's rich. And right? I, from what I understand, he did have a license. The story just, made it seem like he did have a license, just but didn't he just didn't him. have it on him. So affidavit with the license whatever and he's he's off the hook which is strange that even nowadays that's a thing because they can just look you up and see if you have a valid driver's license or not you gotta know who you are if they can access it digitally then that should be plenty but i but the fact is is that that we have still a right to travel and that none of us need driver's license Mm -hmm. none of us need uh registrations none of us need insurance 
all of that stuff is a, is a layer of of bureaucracy that's been okay. you know packed on to uh, commercial use of the public way uh, called driving. I agree with you in theory, but we cannot ignore the practical application of exercising that theory. Right, which is well, no, you you you're not going to be allowed to. Uh, the fact well, is, is that you know, you say, hey, uh, you know, I'm a, a private operator. I I don't need a license, and thank you very much. Have a nice day. Right, try to drive away. And, yeah, and your car's still going to get towed. You're still going right. So here's here's I'm going to get deep for a minute. Cases, these people right. are able to deal with it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go I'm going to get, get, get deep. deep I'm going to get deep for a minute because deep. this deep. This goes down. This is like the fundamentals of what we describe as rights, mm-hmm. right? And a right is like one of two things: that which everyone is agreed upon, or that which you can defend, mm-hmm. right? So if if you're saying I have a right to travel without a license, everyone has to agree with you. We have to defend that right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you're not, you know, defending it against the cops on the side of the road, probably not the best idea. Right, like you think of Old West, right? You just, sure. you know, get, get in your horse, maybe you're pull, pulling a little wagon behind you or something like that, and, uh, you know, you are free to travel, and you would go ahead and travel. Now, if somebody came up and uh, tried to rob you or- A bandit of some or, kind? A bandit of some kind, uh, you would indeed have to defend yourself They uh, would against, disagree with your right to travel. They right. would, you know, they would argue that, nope. This is our road. We're trying to charge you in some way or whatever it right. is. Yep, right. Bridge yeah. troll. Right. Right. And and so when that happens, right, they, they, you, there's a disagreement. There's a conflict of what your rights are. And your only recourse is to negotiate out of it or defend it. Right. And if you negotiate out of it and get them to agree with you that they don't know, this is my need my right to travel. Right. All well and good. But the likelihood is the bandit on the side of the road or the troll under the bridge is not going to come into agreement with you at right. that time. Right. And you are going to be forced to defend yourself against that violent encroachment on their part. And the same goes with exercising this right to travel. And yep. I'm just going to put on private plates on my car because I'm a sovereign citizen of the world. Like, you're probably right. There's probably some historical precedent in the law somewhere that makes this true. Right. But the practical application does not bear it out. Well, and not only uh, – so you're, you're right from the fundamental perspective. You're also correct from even the legal perspective because the, the men with guns and uh, the blue and red flashing lights – uh, will uh, either ticket you or detain you and chuck you in a cage, and you're going to have to defend that in a court. So either way, you're going to have to defend it uh, and defending it in court while it may seem completely legal to you, and you have followed the exact letter of the law on every technicality that you can find within the law itself. The law itself, the either the jury or the judges, can very well just say, nope, sorry, it's illegal anyway, and you're yep. sentenced to whatever. I've, I've experienced that. We don't have to, we don't have to share a... Uh-oh. Oh, we've, we've got we've a awoken, guest speaker. We've awoken a guest speaker. His name is Matt. Yeah, I'm here. And uh, I just want to kick in on this. This one's near and dear to my heart. I actually beat a no driver's license ticket in 2012 Yeah. based on what we're talking about here. Yeah. There is a mountain of case law sure. preceding this yeah. that says yep. you don't need a driver's license. Absolutely. A mountain yeah. of case law. Some of it coming straight from the Supreme yeah. Court. Sure. Um, 
That said, I beat that case in my hometown. It was one of the most stressful things I've ever been through. Yeah, How right. did you beat it, though? Let me, like, I presented that's... a brief to the court, and I defended it. I put myself on the stand and made the prosecutor really nervous, Okay, to be honest. Like, the look in his eye said he was on a three-week bender right before coming to court, and I made okay. him really nervous on top of it, so he was having a stressful day. Um, that said, he was extremely combative against me. The judge basically noticed how how combative he was and shut him up so that I could talk. Because the guy was just interrupting me. He wasn't even okay. objecting. He was just interrupting, interrupting, interrupting. And uh, I ended up uh, giving a brief to the judge laying out all the definitions, what the definition of traffic is and things like that. Th- these words have meaning legally, not just colloquially. And sometimes those meanings are, sometimes those definitions are totally different. Yeah. For, um, but for every one of you who beat something like this, yeah. using the technicalities of the law and the mountain of case law that exists against this, there's probably 50 people who didn't. Oh, I immediately, uh, uh, like right six months later, I lived in Keene. I lived in New Hampshire six months later. Yeah. And uh, about a year after that, I got another ticket from a state trooper right out in front of uh, Home Depot in Keene. And I went to fight that one in Keene City Court and lost miserably. They wouldn't even listen to it. Right. Like, so... Buyer beware on using these techniques to try to fight a, a, a one of these tickets yeah. because... But there's historical precedent that goes it, to the Supreme and it, and Court. And it doesn't matter at all. That's my it point. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't like it doesn't matter in Ian Freeman's trial. The Crypto Six trial doesn't matter what the law is because judges and these legal type government people are just going to make up the rules as they go whether you like right. it or not. And that's the end of that. Right. That's, I, that's my point with the practical application. Right. Yeah. There's pre- there's precedent. There's case law. There's all this documentation that no, no, no. We are correct yep. on this issue. Right. And the, the people with guns go, yeah, we don't care. The government is the mafia that is currently most powerful. And the only time that changes is when another powerful mafia outpowers the one that's existing. Well, good and luck with that. That, it, it, that shows at the highest levels and in your hometown courtroom repeatedly. Yeah, well, it is what it is. That's you, all I had to you, say. You you say. You're gonna owe Nikki like fifty bucks or something. Now. Sorry, I I bought her a new battery for her car tonight. So. Oh, okay, good job. Never mind. We're even. It's totally earned. She got flowers today too. Oh, nice. You know, you guys were saying good luck with that. I'm just saying that if there was any kind of a consensus or just a strong minority of people who agreed with that, that number would be. So much greater yeah, than but, the thugs running around. Oh, yeah, sure. Them. You but, can't convince the minority. But right? how do we create that, you know, even a larger percentage of people that are even aware of this information, much less who tried to put it to use as a defense? How how do we get to that point is always the question. And I don't know the answer. And I, I'm sure you don't know the answer unless you do. Tell it to us. Even beyond this. Well, right? Let, let's go know, to, like, it, taxes. It, 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 Right. Every every tax case that comes up with the IRS yep. right, goes in front of a jury. Uh, he was found uh, willful failure to file or didn't pay his fair share. Right. Right. And the jury, right, who could acquit him on that and set a precedent that no one needs to pay taxes yep. will find him guilty because they, they're they already paying theirs and I, they, he's got to do yeah, the same as me. it's just fair. Right. It's just fair. Right. So the, 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 the mechanism put in place... Right to get the government off our back through the through the will of the people at the jury box, right is misused by most of the jury because yeah. they care more about 
harming their neighbor. It's a completely ineffective mechanism. Well, yeah. and this goes back to the fact that the jury is supposed to be made up of your peers, and they're absolutely not peers. Yeah, yeah. not at all. Not at all. At least uh, not in the case that I witnessed for Ian and the Crypto Six. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Go ahead, Batslife. I had, um, uh, you know, operating after uh, certified as a habitual offender, and uh, and three and, and three counties and five counts spread across from Coas to Grafton to uh, Hills or Hells, Hillsbell, Dale, Hillsboro. Hellsboro, yes. Yeah. Uh, which was in, you know, the, the court was in yeah. Manchester. And, and I, you know, and I was trying uh, to use three uh, public defenders to defend me from. Oh, from well, there's the, your problem right you know, there. You got to go pro bono or pro se or pro per, whatever the right term is, because they're not going to defend you using these techniques. You know, and there were questions that I asked them. That you know that that might they wouldn't even include my suggestion into the you know mm. the, the defense know. that I wanted. You know? Yeah, because yeah. the defense that they're going to put on is the one that makes them look good in front of the judge, because they have to go see that judge again for some other client mm-hmm. in the future, yeah. and they don't want to get on the judge's bad side. Right. And if they don't know uh, anything about the defense that you're the specific defense that you're trying to put forward, then yeah. they just can't, and they're not willing to do the work to look it up and, you know, put their neck out on not the as the public defender. Yeah. And no, particularly not. as a, and they're they're to them, the suggestions that you're making bad slave are going to sound shady, right? Because they've never heard of them before and they're not taught in their law school. And this like, case oh. law is from the sixth circuit, not the fifth circuit. So it doesn't apply to you, sir. And thanks for the call bad slave. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it sounds shady to them. They're not going to use it because it seems illogical, and they know, they know they're not going to win. 603-283-6160. More of your calls and thoughts coming up. It's Free Talk Live, the Sunday Night Edition. the cliff there you know ramp up big ramp little cliff it's free talk live the final segment 603-283-6160 we'll get to your calls and thoughts final segment but plenty of time for your calls momentarily ironically uh well we we got a couple callers on hold already so we'll we'll see what happens but uh certainly give us a try 603-283-6160 in the studio it's me captain it's me nikki and richie rich you can join liberty-minded voluntarists anarchists and libertarians from june 15th through the 18th for the seventh annual fork fest at rogers campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire Forkfest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. 
For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before Porkfest. Forkfest is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you need to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party, where you can connect with other attendees. You can also find the Forkfest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms and the Forkfest forum. Links to all of those can be found at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there, forkfest.party. Should live stream it, call it reality TV of some yeah. kind. If only the internet up there was capable. Uh, yeah, you know, sorry. I was just thinking, on kind of on that note, YouTube is the real reality TV. When people do vlogs and stuff, that's okay. way more real than yeah. whatever. Re- reality TV is not real at all. Uh, also, before we go on, I just want to mention our previous caller in the last segment mentioned a documentary. It looks like it's called uh, Non-Compliant. With a you know singular compliant hard T. Uh, it is available at libertyfirstsociety.com forward slash non-compliant, a documentary film. I think if you just go to libertyfirstsociety.com, there's links to get you to watch the film there. It's uh, free to watch, cool. so if you want to check it out, feel free to do so. Uh, What's not- that website again? libertyfirstsociety.com. Cool. All spelled out. No, no n- numerals or anything. Uh, I'm not familiar with the website at all. They obviously didn't pay me to, you know, pimp this movie at all. So I haven't watched it. So don't take it as a recommendation. Uh, Bad Slavehead recommended it. Uh, one of our callers. So, I so just take want, it as his recommendation. Want to tell tell folks where they might be able to find it. All emails should be sent to Bad Slave at Free Talk Live. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We've got Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, good to be on the uh, show with you. Um, so it seems like Albuquerque, we're going to be keeping a free bus ride fare. I mean, I mean, they're. Well, somebody's taking, paying for it. Well, I mean, they're tossing it back and forth, back and forth about is there, I mean, they, they were going to do it for another six months. But for me, I mean, I prefer the free bus ride because. Even well, yeah, because it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Somebody else is paying for it. I like when other well, people pay is, for my stuff, too. Well, I mean, think about it. I only ride the bus maybe 10, 12 times a month. So yeah. $2 bus pass is about, what, $20 a month? I mean, it's not the money cost of it. It's the hassle of of put, having the change ready and my hands all dirty, putting it in the bus. And sometimes I leave without Yeah, they make wallet. bus pass cards, and you can just load them up whenever you need them, and it's fine. She said it's like 20 bucks a month. No, no, no. You can yeah, buy you can buy reloadable bus cards. Oh, okay. Yeah, where it's like you've got like okay. a zero balance, and then you throw 20 bucks on it, and then it's just sitting there for whenever you need it, and you don't have to. You just flash it in front of the thing, and got it's it. fine. Oh, it's the smart. I've seen those people do that. They flash the smartphone and they load it up on the phone. That that's yeah. That's how they yeah. Do you got to get with the times, like there, that. Sarah. You don't even need a card anymore. It's twenty twenty three. Well, I still have a dumb phone, but that's not the problem. Is that what I noticed is that when there was a when we were used to pay, there was as I mean to me as much as the fighting and all kinds of crazy things going on when we were paying for the bus. In fact, there was a lot of fights and arguments with people trying to argue and fight with getting on the bus, and they're asking for bus fares going up and down the aisle. 
and then I had to help. Oh, the bus police! Yeah, I ran into those guys in Seattle while I was riding the bus. My car was—I didn't have one at the time—and I was riding the bus. My employer paid for a bus pass, uh, but I was working weird hours, and so I would, you know, come home late at night. And they have these. They're not police, but they okay. look. They're wearing Seattle police uniforms. No, they're bus police is what they are. So they're not yeah. uh, armed with guns. So they have a, right. a police utility belt, the police shirt, the Seattle Police Department patches oh. and insignia on them. But their, their, their jacket says something like transit police, right? And oh. they don't have a gun. They do have a billy club. They do have handcuffs. What? And they have the police radio oh, as well. Weird. And so what they're doing is they're looking for people who are free riding. Oh. Right, who had, didn't you didn't pay the fare? You don't have a pass. Get off the bus, kind of a thing, right? And I'm like, what? It costs them more to employ these people yeah, than it does to yeah. just let a couple of people ride for free. That's a great point. Well, no, but if a, you didn't have the police, you'd have more people trying to ride for free. Well, probably. Yeah. No, it's not that. No, that, that kind of like Sarah thing. No, it's just that you know over here they get on the bus drunk and they they get you, on the bus. Well, you, you want them driving drunk? Of course, they're going to take the bus. Look at it. I mean, I was on the central bus at like 9.30 at night, like 10 o'clock, and I turn around. There's these two guys fighting, fist fighting in the middle of the bus, and I'm ducking. So, and, and you got free entertainment? I, I, mean, I mean, it is Albuquerque. Like, you got a reality TV show going on right in front of you, Sarah. If you had not a dumb phone, you could have filmed that, put it on the internet, and gotten viewers to like your page on your TikTok or whatever. Bum fights would have had that Sarah, thank you for the call. We're gonna, we're gonna, We're going to move on. Have, have a good night. Uh, let's do that. Let's just move on to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Fry yeah, pan into shocked. the fire. You're shocked? I'm sh- yeah, I'm shocked at Nikki's preference of plastic over natural. Plastic what? What do you mean? Well, condoms. Oh, latex Nikki, instead of the sheepskin. Oh, oh, I get you. Oh. Yeah, no. Yeah. Not a sheepskin uh, girl, sorry. You know, I mean. So, so you prefer, so you prefer, uh, um, uh, a plastic... I'm not going to tell you what I prefer. <laughs> well, this is all hypothetical anyway. She probably so, prefers you know, not to be talking to you about this crap anyway. <laughs> well, I get, yeah, well, maybe I'll talk to Matt. So you, you, uh, you might also... If you, if, if you, you were so lucky you he took the headphones plastic, off. If you prefer plastic over sheepskin, sheep uh, whatever, bladder, uh, so do you prefer, or would, would somebody else who was female... Might prefer uh, plastic uh, other things over real flesh other things. I'm assuming they would. Yes, clearly. I just like the fact that that two or three of us have said the word "wood" like 18 times in the last four seconds. There you go. How or much wood will a woodchuck chuck? If a woodchuck could chuck wood, if a wood. And that bring, woodchuck. Well, that brings up the question of beavers. Then, what would beavers do? Well, not let you anywhere near them. <laughs> you don't know you don't know beavers you don't know beavers so ward that, don't well, you think you 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 were a little hard on the beaver last night hard on the I beef heard that before that's no I've you have that actually before. that was actually said in an episode of leave it to beaver yeah. yes i've i've heard that before that's what i was oh, saying. i thought you said you but never heard it before that, no i didn't throw a never in there nah. um I, I i never use the word never, never. I, I never thought and, you would but that, that brings up another question, though, Nikki. So, um, you know, uh, assuming that uh, you, you, you eat meat um, and you might like a good sausage from time to time. I don't. Um, but... Well, you probably had one in your life. Yeah. Have, okay, you had yeah. Enough of, have, you, have you had enough sausages 
that you have a preference over uh, natural or plastic. Sausage? I honestly, I you mean I've, the casing? I've never had. Yeah. I've no, I couldn't of, even tell you. Yeah, right, I think David. Thanks for the call. I think he's getting a little carried away there. Probably sausage uh, casing yeah. on Free Talk Live. Sounds like David's at a sausage fest anyway. <laughs> no beavers of that thing. Uh, all right, so I've I've been wanting to get to this topic, this story all night. Do it, it is by I'm glad far. You saved it to the end. It is by it. far the most important story on Free Talk Live all week long in our lifetime in perhaps even the the lifetime of the known universe oh my goodness it's that compelling of a headline it is one of the most it's got to be i want to write a song just on the edge of my seat that is this headline you haven't seen the telegram chat no (laughs) rail this is the headline now Railroad worker rescues raccoon after the hair on its butt got frozen to the tracks. Aw, poor guy. Railroad worker rescues raccoon after the hair on its butt got frozen to the tracks. I was just trying to keep a beat to that. Okay. See if I can make it into a song. Railroad worker rescues raccoon after the hair on its butt got frozen to the tracks. It's not quite musical. No. Might have to shave <laughs> a quite. shave a word or two off or shave change. something off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was from the wrong side of the tracks. The trying, to, trying to get to the wrong side of the tracks. This is from goodnewsnetwork.org. Where do you... I don't even want to know. No, Good News Network's good, usually good stuff. It's a little bit... Oh, I like pro- that one, yeah. It's Sometimes they go a little heavy on state propaganda, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's just... Uh, I don't even know if I want to I read mean, the story. The title says it Railroad all. worker rescues raccoon, okay, after the hair on its butt... Who, the railroad worker? No, the raccoon. Or the raccoon. <laughs> raccoon. Right? Got frozen to the tracks. So just imagine you're trying to climb over railroad tracks and your little legs are a little too short to get all the way over and it's cold. They do have a picture of right, this. So you're like, you do a little pop and a straddling the, right. a single railroad track. Right. And then all of a sudden you can't move because your butt crack hair froze to the railroad track <laughs> and the, the train is in inbound. In order for that to, to have happened, it first needed to be moist, right? And then know. it needed to be like wintry out, right? I think, well, it's definitely wintry out. I don't know. I don't know how moist the the butt hair on a raccoon is at any given time. That's from the article. (laughs) Oh, we are going to get into it. Railroad workers were able to rescue a stricken male raccoon after it became frozen to the tracks, stuck fast by the hair on its private parts. (laughs) Right in the taint. That's not one of the seven words, right? Uh, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think it is. Uh... I just the poor little bastard, right? You know, yeah. like what a story to tell his raccoon friends. You're not going to believe what happened to me, right? I was just trying to climb over the railroad tracks. And do you think that maybe the next time he bumps into like the guy who found him and like sort of rescued awkward. him or whatever? Yeah. No, no. Do you no. make do you, eye contact? With do you him think he's going to become like his pet raccoon? Like they're going to have a, or do you think it'll be awkward eye I think contact? It'll be awkward. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The animal was seen That's facing. Something you never talk about again. All right, yeah. bro. You can okay. You you can go back there, do whatever you need to do to get me unstuck, and then we don't tell the story to anybody. We especially, never speak of this, especially again. to the Good News yeah. Network. Oh, I mean, I don't talk to raccoons very often. Do you? Uh, no, not okay. particularly. All right. The animal was seen facing the oncoming train car- carriage as it straddled one side of the track. Neil Mullis was out on the job 
when he came across the poor little guy. The traumatized-looking raccoon was eventually rescued after a five-minute operation. Wow. Sounds like they performed surgery on him. Operation. I mean, they got to get the hair removed from the track. Couldn't just take scissors? I I guessed that it was going to involve Warm warm water. And it says, quote, I poured the warm water under his bottom while a co-worker worked the shovel under his butt to try and break him what? loose, said the That's 35-year-old. You don't want to get too close to the raccoon. It might yeah. be like trying to go on the offensive. There. Yeah, you want to have yeah. uh, some distance, you know, five-foot pull or something right, like little that. guy, we're just going to pour some water on you. Yeah. <laughs> then we're going to scrape you off the parallel track with a shovel. That's uh, <laughs> pretty much what happened. Uh, after about five minutes of slowly working him loose, he was free. He jumped off the rail and ran into the woods, never looking back. See? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you look back? Oh, embarrassing. Right? Not, even a, not even a wave. Thank you, guys. Despite the rescue efforts from Neil and his colleagues, nobody could tell how or why the raccoon got into this predicament near Cochrane, Georgia. Well, next time nobody's on the show, we'll have to ask him about this. If nobody yeah. could like tell, like some how. of the patients Nikki brought up, like, oh, we don't know how it got in there. Just, I just accidentally <laughs> sat on. I just sat on the railroad track. Yeah, some of the just... uh, the medical insertions yeah. that yeah that come through. Yeah. Uh, despite the yeah, it was okay. Uh, I'm guessing because it was 10 degrees outside. Somehow he was crossing over the rail and sat too long and got stuck. And they, sat too long. they have a like a close up picture I sat on it. of like some fur <laughs> stuck to the uh, frozen to the track that they had to sort of snip off, if you will. With I a like shovel. They, they snipped it off with a shovel. Why did they include that photo? That well, just seems like very unnecessary. It sounds it's, painful. It really I like I really feel bad for this Lorac. Yeah. You know? But like, he's free, didn't get it by a train. Yay. After inspecting the clumps of fur left on the rail, Neil summed it up by saying Operation well performed. Little fella is safe now. So there you go. Railroad worker rescues raccoon. After I mean, so many things had to have happened for this to become a thing, right? Okay. The the raccoon had to again have you know come into contact with some moisture somehow, then attempted to straddle this railroad track in such a way that it froze to the track. Like, his bum. Yeah, like, like, how long did he sit on this track before he realized, oh, I'm stuck. Well, okay, well, if it's right? 10 degrees, it may not have been that long. Yeah. Okay, right. but, like, raccoons aren't known for uh, their lack of nimbility or speed, right? Usually, okay. they would hurdle something like a railroad track rather lickety-split. Maybe, maybe he was, it was cl- injured or something. Maybe he was climbing over, thought it was just a fart. It wasn't. Got stuck. I'm, I'm almost wondering now. After having watched a Christmas story, right, where the dude sticks his tongue to the, yeah. you know, and gets like, or Dumb and Dumber, I'm I'm wondering if there was another raccoon in this story that is unmentioned because the rail workers didn't know about it, who dared him to like wet his butt and sit on yeah. the railroad track for a minute. That's you know? just dangerous. I mean, I mean it's. It sounds like something one of like your 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 older younger brother might put yeah. you up to as a kid. Yeah, know? but at least with the pole, there's not like a train coming. You know, I, I mean, it does add an element of danger. Yeah, you know, exciting, a little too you know? much. The oncoming train, a little too much danger. Maybe we've only got five minutes to rescue this little guy. What are we gonna do? I mean, raccoons do look like little bandits, and so maybe okay. he had a gambling debt that he hasn't repaid yet. 
And the little raccoon mafia like abducted little him. Raccoon Snidely I Whiplash mean, tied him to the railroad truck. That's it, the only thing that makes yeah, sense uh, to me. We don't even need rope. Just wet his butt a little bit. Just wet his butt and make him sit there and he'll be stuck. And when the train comes along, uh, just hold him. Hold raccoon him down until he's stuck. Yeah. Okay. Know, train to make him into flat coon. Flat raccoon. Flat coon. It was, flat a, raccoon. It was a beef raccoon with the squirrels in the area. He had a beef with the squirrels. <laughs> um, so or, or Chip was it uh, was it Chip and Dale the little oh yeah what are they chipmunks chipmunks yeah C H I P M U N K not C H I P M O N K chipmunk chipmunks are the you know they wear the robes with the hoods and they pray oh, a lot yeah. and they're chipmunks not chipmunks chip monks. right yeah so just there's a there's a difference between the two from the Dorito region of France or something yeah I. They don't really okay. talk about it much. But, okay. You know, there's a chipmunk monastery. Okay. But, uh, you know, if you ever want to find it, maybe they'll answer your questions. I don't know. Hmm. Not if they don't talk that much. Perhaps they know Shh, what pray. happened to this raccoon. Perhaps they know. We don't know. Well, it ran off into the woods. It did. We'll see. It just turns into like a little raccoon fetish. Hey, I got that dude to rub my butt. I'm going to go hop on the railroad track again. Uh, one last thing we had to mention tonight uh, is this from RT.com. The University of Southern California's School of Social Work uh, apparently has banned the word field, as in like football field or okay. field of greens. Or or field of study. Yes, field anymore. of study, yes. Yeah. Uh, the University of Southern California explained the move by the need to reflect Anti-racist values. That doesn't even make sense. It's because black people worked in the field. I've worked in a field. I've You're run not, on a field. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not. It's true. Like, yeah. You know? I mean, that's like saying we have to ban cotton balls because of the history. Because of, of balls? Sla- <laughs> yes, because of balls. No, because of the history of slaves picking cotton. Yeah, no, it's just like ridiculous. Like polyester, you know. Do you remember when uh, when when the phrase "cotton picking" was a substitute for cussing? Um, I think it still is. Well, but it's racist. Oh, okay, right. So no longer. When's the yeah. last time you heard anybody say "cotton picking"? Uh, probably on an old movie of some kind. Right. All right. Yeah. So, but way back in the day, that was an accepted substitute for cussing. Okay. Right. Which word, I mean, which, you don't have to say the word, but which word did it replace? Uh, I mean, it could have been any of them, really. Okay. You know? Uh, but it was certainly a reference to... That cotton-picking son of a guy. Yeah. Okay. You know, that cotton-picking Dave, he stole my wrench again or something. Okay. Right? You know what I mean? Uh, it could be a substitute for anything, really. All right. But it is rooted in racism because the whole reason the phrase cotton picking has that sort of connotation to it is because they were comparing you to a slave. Oh. So uh the university we do the same with taxpayer. Oh that nice. taxpayer yeah. son of a guy. Yeah, we should do that. Oh yeah, you sound like a taxpayer. We're starting a trend. Use it. Spread it woods into the wild. A University of Southern California School of Social Work announced Monday that it is removing the word field as in conducting field work from its curriculum and practice and replacing it with the word practicum. Because that won't get used. Because long. that's not a portmanteau at all of two yeah. different words put together for the wrong reasons. Practicum. Practical curriculum? <laughs> it's just like not the you same just, word. You just think about that for a while.
Uh, it's not the same word. Uh, f- uh, removing it from its practice uh, and saying that it may have racist connotations. He is working in the practicum uh, you know of what? applied sciences. I think saying that it has racist connotations is racist in itself. I yep. think no, saying it's... that saying that has it is racist in itself. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It's it's part of the left when they get so woke that they come full circle racist. Yes. Oh yeah. They're yes. like, oh well, we have to protect the black people from all this stuff. No, you don't. Yeah, the word field. I mean, like, I haven't thought about it in the terms of anything other than like a football field or a field of dreams or you know a meadow, something like that. Well, I mean, the, the, until I read this, the computer, the computer technology field, right, has right. done something practicum. similar. Yeah, the, the computer <laughs> technology practicum. Has done something similar as well, right? There's no longer master and slave drives, right, in your computers, oh, like yeah. primary and secondary or I mean, whatever. I, can, I guess I can true. see that more. I mean, but it's still like. It's, it's an inaccurate it's than, description. It is. One controls the other. Yeah. yeah. It's well, not a is, primary and a secondary. Right. Yeah. One is definitely master. One is definitely slave. Uh, particularly uh, in the audio industry, uh, prior to the digital revolution, you could have a maximum of 24 tracks on a piece of two-inch tape, like literal reel-to-reel tape. And if you wanted more than 24 tracks, you would have to have two tape machines, two reels of tape, and two consoles capable of supporting 24 individual channels. You would have to sacrifice one channel on each board for what we call time code, SMPTE time code. That's SMTPE, Society of Motion, Picture, Technology, something, whatever. Uh, it was time code, so you'd stripe one of the tracks of tape with time code, and then one of the tracks of the other tape with time code, and that's how you synced them together. Okay. So when you pressed record, both the machines would operate at the exact same time and record everything at the same time, so you could play it back at the same time. All forty-eight tracks would be played back at the same time. That was referred to as master and slave, and okay. I think still might be because it's such an old technology. Now that the digital revolution is coming, you yeah, can get the way more. Didn't come to it. You can yeah. get way more than forty-eight tracks in the digital domain. So only old-school analog people refer to this sort of striping of time code to synchronize two analog machines together as master and slave. So I'm I'm assuming it's just because it's old that the phrasing has remained and also applicable. Right? If one controls the other, right? It's one is clearly the master, one is clearly the slave. Right. Uh, this change, uh, this from the article, the change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing language that could be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language, the department explained in a letter shared by Dr. Hauman David Hamadi on Twitter. Language can be powerful and phrases such as going into the field or fieldwork may have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. I mean, it's a much better field. And anything can have connotations for anything. Uh, we're out of time. Thank you to the listeners and the callers. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Nikki, for joining me on this episode of Free Talk Live. If you missed any part of tonight's show, please visit freetalklive.com for the archives. Thanks and peace. Peace.